less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps this is fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. Suffering is worth it just to create that little bit of radio magic. Why, hello. It is nine minutes. Nine? Really? Really? That doesn't seem possible. Is it nine minutes after the hour, Tim? It is possible, and it is. <laughs> Excellent. Nine minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and glorious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, my compadres, my amigos, my companions, my fellow travelers on this road of whimsy. Uh, this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503 You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T uh, at 970.am. 503-733-2970 is the telephone number for your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, expressions of revulsion about the state of Richie's face. You know, just the the right part of it. Uh, Or whatever. Uh, Richie Riffle is standing by, ready, willing, and... 
I would say quasi-able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the horrified, whatever uh, might be lurking inside your brain, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is Tuesday, and welcome to Tade 12. Thank you for uh, coming by. All right. Let me just say this as we begin the program. How about that traffic this morning? You did, did you get, get stuck in it, too? You did. I but see. I, I got stuck in it all the way across the Hawthorne Bridge, all the way here. Yeah. What time did you come in? Like 10? Yeah, I came in like at uh, like 9.50. I, uh, I know that I should be doing this later on in the intro. I should be saving this for the what did I do last night this morning uh, segment of this opening. But I have to tell you, here's the only reason I'm going to mention it right now. It's because I just want to get it done and over. I want a time to tell the entire story now because it involves just a whole, really just a comedy of errors and things going badly and just a whole Aristotelian confluence of bad events this morning uh, that I was helped out of by Cheryl the Hawaiian and Bridget from upstairs, who really stepped in and ably assisted me with some some stuff this morning that I really uh, that I really needed help with. So, just long story short, let me say this. Well, you know where I live. I live up. It's you know, a very classy place. Yeah, yes, I do. Yes, you do. I live up near near like 39th uh, in southeast. Guess how long it took me to get from 39th to uh, our fine radio station this morning, Sarah. Just guess. 40, 40 minutes. 55 minutes. Wow. Nearly a solid hour. 55 minutes sitting there in, and of course, I'm not driving the, uh, you know, the focus today. Why would I possibly want to be driving anything that, and spare me the observations about, oh, if you'd only bicycled. It's true. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, my friends. I didn't. So there I was this morning. I left the house early, man. I was, I was, I was on track to make it here in record time. I knew I was in, in for it when I got to 39th and Powell, though, and the traffic going across the Ross Island Bridge this morning was, no joke, backed up all the way to 39th. I mean, at 39th, it was solid. That ain't good. Solid cars from the Ross Island Bridge when it dumps over here on the, on the west side uh, all the way up to 39th. And that's where you just kind of go, oh, God. And then you think to yourself, well, you know what? I'm going to take that alternate route that nobody else knows about. I'm going to take that secret road that only I am privy to. But, of course, everybody knows about that road. Uh, and then you realize that that road has overflowed. You know what it is? It's just like that diagram of the Titanic that the guy shows where, he, where it just fills up like an ice cube tray, one compartment to another to another to another. That's what every side road, every path, every arterial, every whatever. And I know I'm leaving out this morning everybody who didn't have to come from southeast Portland or from the east side somehow, but that's just going to have to be what they call hard cheese in Wisconsin. Because this is what happened to me this morning. I don't know what happened to you. If you live in Tannisborn, maybe. Maybe you had some sort of, I don't know, magical winged dragon that came and picked you up at your home and dropped you here on a feather pillow. That wasn't the case for anybody who lived over on the east side, Tim. What was the case? Never mind. I'm just projecting. Oh. Uh, anyway, so at 39th and Powell, it was already bad. Clinton was bad. Um, Hawthorne was, was bad. Was that your secret route, Clinton? Well, I go down, I mean, yes, let me just give it away here. I, I go down Clinton sometimes, and then I, I go down Clinton all the way to, you know, none of, those, none of those automated syndicated programs can have this discussion. I usually go down Clinton all the way to whatever it is, like 12th or something, like by that jack-in-the-box, and then I turn and I sort of, there's that little dog leg thing, and it takes you onto the Ross Island Bridge. Uh, Clinton was also backed up to almost 28th, and of course, I won't go into a lot of boring details about it, but I had a meeting I had to be in this morning, and we'll just call it a, there's nothing... Nothing bad. Just an important meeting. Just a meeting that had been scheduled that I had to be here for, had to be on time. Because it was somebody it was somebody from out of town who had a whole slate of meetings scheduled today. And I don't want to be the one guy mucking up the works. I'm not going to be the guy throwing a whole uh, monkey into the wrench. So I'm sitting there. My meeting is at 945. I leave the house at 820. 
At 9 o'clock, I am mm. still... At 9 o'clock... And I'm, you're just like... And you can't do anything. You're trapped in your car. Sitting there turning into uh, Saeed Naeen in a jet, or whatever his name is. Sitting there pounding the steering wheel. The mother... Son of a bitch! Just pounding the steering wheel. At 9 o'clock this morning, after 40... That is 4-0. After 40 minutes on the road this morning... I had not even gotten onto the goddamned bridge. Here's how bad it was. And, of course, uh, my wife, God bless her, had left the truck with very little gas. I had about an eighth of a tank. I thought that was your special birthday present. No, because you all told me that I was being a dick. You all you know you can't ask for that. That makes you sound like an ass. Ask for a DVD. I never said that. Uh, now, Tim was in favor of it. But Sarah, you know, on this program, things like that are usually unanimous vote. Sarah was the veto. So, yes, for my birthday, I had considered asking my wife to just please, for the love of Christ, put a half a tank of gas in the truck sometimes. Or just don't leave it, like, on empty. I did not ask for that, and so I didn't receive it. So as I'm sitting there in traffic this morning, it's on an eighth of a tank, and, of course, that truck is, like, it gets less gas mileage than anything. I mean, there's Panzer divisions that get better gas mileage than my tank, uh, than my truck. So I'm sitting there. And I'm trying to do my clever alternate route. That's not working. It's now, I don't know, five minutes to nine. And literally, I'm looking down, and it's like, do you ever do this where the gas tank is so low that you are convinced you can see it dropping as you watch Mm -hmm. it? And you probably can't, but you, in your head, you think you can. And it's an old enough truck, too, that when you accelerate or go around a corner, the gas sort of sloshes around, and the needle does sort of bob a little bit. You kind of go, oh, no, no! And I'm waiting for that thing to come on that... You have half a mile of gas left. Whatever it is, waiting for that to come on. Um, And then, of course, in in addition to that, I'm just looking at my watch compulsively and occasionally just screaming out loud to no one, going, Come on! So, in any event, it was so bad that by the time I hit that jack-in-the-box, which is right by the Aladdin Theater as you get under the bridge, I was actually looking for places on the street, like on side streets, where I could have parked the truck. And if I had seen a parking space, I was going to park the truck, and no lie, I was going to just walk across the bridge to work. I was going to dump the truck by the jack-in-the-box, and I was going to run, run to the office. But the only reason I didn't do that is because I couldn't find a place to park the freaking truck. So I'm, finally, I'm just getting onto the bridge. Meanwhile, I'm on the phone calling ahead to Cheryl and Bridget, who work upstairs, and God bless them, they all work harder than I do. Because I just got to come here and bump my gums and then go upstairs and do paperwork and crap. But, I mean, they're here doing real work all day long. And they all know it's a big meeting. Everybody, all the program directors in the building and in the cluster today, everybody at Kink, everybody at Couple, everybody at KUFO, they all have uh, meetings with the same guy that I had today. So, of course, everybody is already really busy. So I go, hey, Bridget, Cheryl, this is this is Rick. I'm stuck in traffic, and I've been here for like an hour. And Can you help me get those TPS reports ready? And, of course, like, well... Okay, you know all the other program directors are asking us for that, too. And I'm like, I know, but would you please help a brother out? And they did, in fact, help a brother out. So, God bless you, Cheryl and Bridget. But I finally, it took me 55 minutes. And here's the, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. Although I guess this is relatable in Sunset, because probably a quarter of the audience had to come from Southeast this morning. Was anybody else late besides you? Oh, God, everybody had to come from Southeast oh, was late this morning. Nobody else had the meeting, though. I was the only person who had the meeting today who was also coming from Southeast. Because everybody else lives in either Lake Oswego or they live in that weird, like, that. you know, they all live in that Bethany area. There's like some CBS compound that I was not invited to join. Uh, so they all, uh, they all live there uh, on Candy Tree Lane. 
Eh. I was coming from southeast today, so it's just becoming a living hell. So I'm just sitting there just pounding the steering wheel, just like compulsively checking my uh, my phone to see what time it is, seeing if maybe the meeting has been pushed back. It hasn't. Getting angrier and angrier, like feeling more and more hopeless about the situation, knowing that they're going to have a whole slate of meetings scheduled, and I'm going to be the one guy who is late and just throws a complete uh, fly into the ointment. Jeez. And there were some, like, big wigs in town, God too, damn. huh? Yeah, oh, and, you just, and that's when you need to look good. I know. Was Katie Couric here? <laughs> no. no Feeling our not. paychecks, that's no. what she was doing. No, she was not. So, anyway, so I, I finally got here. But, yeah, the only reason that I didn't just flat out park the truck and run is because I could not find a parking space this morning. So that was how my day started. Jesus. It was, my final thought on it is this, that I finally got into the Ross Island Bridge and it didn't even make any sense. It was all out of purpose. There was a car. And by the way, as I'm going over the bridge, of course, you have in your head that nightmare reel playing, which I've talked about before, where you are actually going to run out of gas in the middle of the gridlock traffic. And then you will, A, be stuck, B, have two choices. Because if you, and this has never happened to me, but if your gas ever runs out while you're in traffic, you are effed. You are more effed. You could not be more effed if you were Marilyn Chambers. Irate you, motorists will pick up your truck and throw it over the bridge. After killing you. After sacrificing you to the god of traffic. Yeah, remember when my car broke down in the middle of the Hawthorne Bridge Jesus. years back? Yes. People were so oh, mean to me, just honking and flipping me off. I'm like, you think I'm having a good morning, Al? Public Ash? enemy number one. Tim, has that ever happened to you, broken down in traffic? No. Yeah, and I, it hasn't happened to me yet, and I don't want it to. That's a thing that I would li- I'd like to go my whole life without experiencing that. Because if your car breaks down in traffic, you have a couple different options. One, pretend the car isn't yours and just run. B, stay with the car. <laughs> One, B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Everyone else in here agreeing. B, uh, stay with the car, but of course, staying with... The thing is, if the car... And I know this didn't happen, but if the just the horrific DEFCON 5 had happened today, if the truck had run out of gas on the Ross Island Bridge, my choice is I would have had to have just left it there because I couldn't miss the meeting. That was, I mean, that was, I could not miss this morning's meeting. That's how important it was. So how late were you for the meeting? I, I actually got here on time, thank God. I mean, I got here with minutes to spare, but I made it here on time. But, I mean, I left my house at 8.20. The meeting was at 9.45. I got here with five minutes to spare, more or less. But, I mean, if the truck had broken down on the bridge, I would have just had to say, like, sorry, bye, and just run and just left the truck there. Mm-hmm. And they would have towed it and fined me, like, $1,000, I'm sure. And I'm sure I would have been convicted of something. But, I mean, there was just no, I couldn't have stayed with it. Oh, God. But then as I got then as I got over the bridge, the, the entire thing, the whole kerfuffle, caused by one car. A single broken down car. It doesn't make any sense because it was not only backed up all the way to the 39th, but every single side street, every side road, every alternate path, every arterial. I don't even know what an arterial is. It's a thing I read on a, on a map somewhere. <laughs> They're all full. Every roundabout? No, yeah, no one could go anywhere, all because of this one guy. So if my truck had broken down, of course, it would have completely frozen the city. I think people in New York would have been able, unable to get to work. <laughs> Mine was just because of all the con- the ridiculous construction going on. Oh down yeah, the and, and that's the other thing. Of course, there's was, construction going on everywhere. And it's right next to our building, and our building's pretty. That, it's a significant distance from the Hawthorne Bridge, and I was backed up all the way over the Hawthorne Bridge to Madison. And let's not forget that it's tax day, which means that everybody was uh, trying to get out early, trying to get to H and R Block to drop off all their crap, or trying to get to the post office today. I mean, it was the, the single worst confluence of events like in the history of everything. All right, I'm done. But I'm glad you made it in one piece. Things could be worse. And that's one to grow on. It's now 1122.
You feel better? Closer you feel better? You got it off of your... I do. I do. So, so you got to meet all these special guests this out with your Yeah, team. no. And the, the good news they is... They came I, in and waved at me. You know what it is? Oh. I, I made it to the meeting. Uh, I looked relatively presentable. It seemed like I kind of had my crap together. I don't think any of them knew that like 10 minutes before, I had been in traffic shrieking like a gibbon. <sighs> and where you really start to see man's sort of primal nature come out, because, you know, normally if you're on... I now, I'm now just zen with the fact that this whole opening segment is me complaining about this morning's traffic. You know, really, I'd rather have you get it out of your system now than you know drag it with us. Anybody who had to come from southeast Portland this morning knows what I'm talking about. You all went through that same experience today. Um, and, you know, normally when you're in morning traffic, I mean, it, you sort of split the difference in, in, terms of your, in terms of your humanity. Because you want to get to work, but also you let people in. Hey, okay, yeah, well, come on in. I'll let a couple of cars in. Or there's that one place when you're heading to downtown from southeast, when you're right, again, by that jack-in-the-box, by the Ross Island Bridge, where those those cars that have to t- make a left turn in front of you through two lanes of traffic. And, I, you know, I try to be a good guy. All right, come on. And I let, like, three cars in. And then I say, okay, no more. i got to go now. Mm-hmm. This morning, no one was making any of those concessions. I mean, this morning, people were – I almost got hit, like, three different times because people would see what they perceived to be an opening in the log jam, and they would dart in in, like, a milk truck. Uh, no one was allowing anybody else in. No one was letting anybody merge. It was just rolled down windows, middle fingers, people screaming at the top of their lungs, horns it's blaring. A lot of anger. So it was like being – I mean, really, it was like – it was like some sort of traffic as as drawn by Hieronymus Bosch. I mean, it was just the worst thing I've ever experienced. I think I'd rather be circumcised again. I mean, really. Oh. <laughs> I'm almost curious as to where the line is with you. There it is, right there. The line has been found. Jesus. But here there I am. Is, I would let you vent more, but come on, let's, let's move forward now. You made it on time. I know. I'm just I'm I, trying I to become. I could see your anger a little bit more if you didn't make it on time. I'm trying to become zen with it. I just uh, you know what it is? It, it's that I walked into the building this morning and all of this frustration and irritation and anger about the, the traffic here in Portland, Oregon. Um, it's You're so I, relatable. I wasn't even really able to vent. That's the thing because I walked in the building, had to go directly into this meeting where I had to really look like I knew what I was doing. Uh, you know, Rick, tell me about KCMD. Well, let me tell you about KCMD. Had to be all smooth and, you know, polished, which I think I pulled off. Gave myself like, I gave myself a seven and a half, eight out of ten. And then immediately walked down here and into the studio. So this is the first moment uh, that I've had uh, where I haven't had to pretend to be like with it this morning. All right. Tim Riley's working on the following <laughs> stories for your edification. Well... A Springfield man survives three shotgun blasts to the head. A butter knife is removed from a Vancouver boy's head. Uh, One person is killed after running across I-5 in Centralia. Grants Pass police arrest two men for stealing a Frisbee at knife point. Bill Cosby plants a hip-hop album. More than four pounds of warts are removed from a fellow known as the Tree Man. And the Vegas man handcuffs his brand-new bride to a dog cage. Well, okay. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? I can't even follow that. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm much better. I really am much better now. Good. Sort of like a, you know what it is? It was sort of like a psychic version of Richie's face then. I just had to let everything out. Now I feel fine. Good. Uh, I'm excited. I found a pair of glasses in Vegas. I'm going to go get them fitted for lenses today. How many? Now, are these prescription glasses or sunglasses? They're regular. They're these ones. But I mean, is this okay? These aren't sunglasses. No, yes, I'm gonna get them fitted to be an extra set of glasses. Are you? Is your whole goal to have as many pairs of prescription glasses as you do sunglasses? Well, because I just don't want to wear like because they have lenses in them, but I don't want to wear them because I, I figure I want to wear them and I need to wear glasses anyway. So right now I kind of want to wear these. Oh, were so. these like existing? 
These are existing frames that don't have prescription lenses in them? Yes. I see. Yes, yeah, so I found those, and I, I shall be converting them. Aren't you guys glad you got your uh, your vision taken I care totally of? I totally am. I'm super excited, so I'm going to go there after the show today and get some lenses in those those glasses and be good to go. Uh, here, here's what else is coming up today. Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us today. Uh, we'll also talk to CNN radio correspondent James Roop and Bob Costantini, uh, who will join us. I don't really know when anybody is talking to us, though. So we're talking to Bob at 1145. When are we talking to Steve? Um, we don't know for sure yet. Okay. So Bob at 1145. He's at All a right. doctor's appointment right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here's what's coming up. Later on, we'll do the uh, top five. Our continuing search for the AM 970 Newsbot voice. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, I, I didn't get to this uh, the stuff in my production demo, so we should probably try to do that uh, today. Uh, we've got your phone calls coming up. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, big announcement about Rick Emerson Listener Party uh, 11. Uh, we'll get to that uh, later on before the top of the hour. Uh, we'll get to that. Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008, Emerson's 11, happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom, featuring the Rick Emerson Roast with Roastmaster Carl Click. A uh, couple things. We will begin unveiling the list of roasters. Uh, also, we have added another special event uh, to Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. We will reveal that uh, later on this morning. Uh, that will be later on, probably before the top of the hour. Uh, we will get to that. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Just a couple other brief uh, bits of business, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back. Um, if you are preparing artwork... Uh, for the listener party, because as always, uh, we're going to kind of throw it out to the people, and we are looking for you to create the artwork, the logo, the design, the graphic, uh, the whatever, for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Here's how you can submit that. You go to rickemerson.com, and you'll see a link right there in today's blog post, and we've actually made it a lot easier, so you don't have to email it to me and then, you know, to relay it to somebody else who posts it, who does a thing, who does whatever. You go to 970.am. Or you can find this link at my site as well. You go down to the bottom, and there's a, uh, a little form. You click on it, and you can upload your artwork directly to 970.am. Awesome. You can do that directly at 970.am. Uh, so we are looking for you to submit artwork for Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11, Emerson's 11, happening Thursday, May 15th, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, if we choose your artwork, you will, of course, get the glory and admiration of your peers, various accolades, uh, and, of course, a big pile of crap from the AM970 uh, Stacko Prizes. Uh, I think that's probably it, except to say I want to give a shout-out to uh, our man Jaris Minsky, uh, who is uh, recuperating in the hospital right now. Uh, he was uh, supposed to perform with me last Friday at the Aladdin Theater. He has the whole pneumonia and the hey-hey and the whatnot. He wasn't able to go. Uh, so Joni and I stopped in to see him last night. And uh, his, How's he doing? He's good. The bed next to his was empty. I mean, either they haven't filled it or they just emptied it. And so we were able to jab at a whole bunch of buttons on the wall just to kind of see what they did. I made the following observations, though, about our visit to Jairus at the hospital last night. First of all, I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't say the hospital where he's staying, but there was a big sign when he walked in. I swear to you that this is National Wound, Colostomy, and Incontinence Week. So please celebrate accordingly in the church of your choice. Uh, what else? As Joni and I were walking down the hallway to visit Jairus, we both immediately had the same thought and said it out loud. That thought was, what if he's having a sponge bath? Um, <laughs> by the way, having said, what if he's having a sponge bath? And let me just tell you like, straight up, I don't know what a sponge bath really is. Like in my head, I sort of picture what I think it is, but I don't th I've never received one to the best of my knowledge. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody having a sponge bath. So I really don't know what a sponge bath consists of, but I know that it's a thing I don't want to see anybody having. 
So Joni and I both shared that thought, which immediately led to the idea that there ought to be some sort of medical-themed porno called SpongeBath SquarePants. Uh, I think that may have been the extent of my hospital observation. Do one call here, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, man? What's up? Hey, I had a suggestion for your show. Uh-huh. Well, I, there's been lots of listeners that have called in, and they want to see what books you've been reading and stuff. Yes, sir. Well, there's a, a website called goodreads.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's set up sort of like MySpace. You make an account, and it's pretty, really user-friendly. You can just put in the books you've been reading. You can even write a little, little short thing about them. Yes, sir. And people can friend you. And then they can see what you're reading. So it's like and a then, it's, so it's like a MySpace Friendster thing, but for book recommendations. Yeah, and then you could also see what you know. There's, there's other people you can see what they're reading, so it'll help you out too, maybe. We're kind of working on something like that. So uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you in the loop, as they say. We are working on something to sort of make uh, our reading suggestions available to the public at large. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Any other observations, thoughts, anything we need to say? We'll check in with Richie uh, when we get back and see how his face is his doing. His face looks better. We want to thank Aaron Geek and the City Duran for creating that wholly disturbing opening uh, that we played. <laughs> if you didn't know what that was, uh, we started the program with Independence Day, as we often do, uh, and then we segued right into, really, it was just the unaltered, unchanged, pretty much unedited audio of Richie's medical procedure video yesterday uh, that Aaron just put on top of some porn music. And it was simultaneously great and awful. That was so disturbing. It was really great. Let's play it again into the break. Uh, we'll be back after this. We've got more around the corner. Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, coming up at noon later on. James Roop and so forth. Stay there. This is Richie Bristol on uh, The Rick Emerson Show. Right here. Seven three three two nine seventy. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program. All right, I feel much better. Also, I have. Well, I am glad to hear. It. I haven't eaten anything this morning, though. Rick, you always get crazy when you don't eat. Yes. Well, you're crazy in general. Well, I ate last night, if that helps. So I, I had something yesterday around seven. That was my problem yesterday, is that I didn't eat dinner. When is the last time I had food? What time is it now? Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty-seven. I had I ate last night around eight o'clock. I have some carrots. Would you like some carrots? I don't know the answer to that, Sarah. So I ate fifteen hours ago. I've had lots of caffeine though, also some trazodone and a bunch of Claritin this morning. See, I brought I bought multiple packs to share with friends. Excellent. Uh, all right, uh, here's what's coming up, Bob. Sorry. Bob Costantini will be joining us uh, in just a skosh. As our Asian friends say from CNN Radio, later on, Tim Riley at noon with the Ministry of Truth, uh, Bob Costantini, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Jim Roop, top five 
uh, and uh, all of that coming up. We'll, and we'll be talking to Richie to see how his face is doing, we'll right? We'll be doing that here in just a moment. Uh, let's. Uh, it's time to. We're going to make a little bit of an, an announcement here about uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Uh, later on today, we may unveil. This is like ICP unveiling the new cards. Uh, we may, in fact, unveil uh, some of the roasters starting today. We may or may not do that. I. Uh, we have all but one person confirmed. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. I chatted with the said person yesterday. And, uh, and what did they say? Did they explain? Um, I think it might take a little convincing, but I think. It might be able to be done. They because this this one person that we had talked to uh, did expressed a desire to quote not be mean to me. And I mean everybody kind of knows what a roast is, right? I mean everybody it's a roast. You're mean. That's the whole point of it. Otherwise it wouldn't be a roast. Here's the thing, and and I think later on today we might play a couple of clips from some roasts of the past. Uh, because I got an email uh, yesterday from somebody who said that they sort of heard of roasts, but they never really seen one. They didn't know what it was. And, I mean, you kind of got to be mean when you do it. Otherwise, it's just me sitting there while everybody says, but says how great I am. And that's not really going to work or satisfy anybody. That's really not what people come for. People, people come to see me uh, abused. So later on, we might play some roast uh, clips. But we have, I think at this point, I think we have either seven or eight people confirmed there's one person we're still uh, working on. So uh, maybe by the end of the day, though, uh, we will unveil one of the people who will be roasting at Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening Thursday, uh, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom. Wouldn't it be more exciting to have the people in and then have them hey, present themselves? There you go. We might uh, sort of, we'll roaster number five, sign in, please. And then we sort of turn on the mic and they maybe, say maybe hello. Maybe guess who kind of thing. They can start talking. People can try and guess who the person there is. There you go. I like the way you think. Mm -hmm. uh, I can now make this announcement. Coming up at uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, uh, we have a whole bunch of things happening. Uh, we have obviously the roast that's going to be going on. Uh, our friends in Emerson Starship are going to sort of make themselves over for the evening. It's going to be a, a different kind of set list than you're used to. They're still going to do some rock stuff at the end, but there's going to be a twist on that as well, which uh, we'll probably uh, talk about next week. But Emerson Starship's going to sort of be reinventing themselves a little bit for the roast section of the evening. But later on in the night, uh, we're going to be uh, pleased to present a mini set from our good friends in Nickel Arcade. Uh, so Nickel Arcade, the folks behind I Hope There's Vodka in Heaven, which is the Britney Watch theme, uh, they're going to be there doing a small set uh, at some point uh, in the evening, probably immediately following uh, the roast. So I talked to That's Peter. So great. It was, it's really cool. We're excited to have them because, you know, we've been playing that song. I don't know, probably six, seven, eight, nine times a week for about six months now. And they've been on tour. They played here sort of sporadically. A lot of people have asked where they can see them. They haven't had a chance to see them live. So Nickel Arcade will be doing a small set uh, during Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, in addition to the roast, in addition to everything else uh, that's happening. So all the more reason to save the date. Later on today, we'll reveal maybe one roaster. Next week, we'll talk a bit more about uh, some of the musical happenings there. And uh, so forth. All right. Uh, without further ado, let me just, you know, this <coughs> this ought to just be uh, his his intro uh, from now on. This no. Really, this ought to just. Richie, can you? Uh. <laughs> Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio, please? You know, this reminds me of, this reminds me of that weird Apex oh. Twin um, video. Come to Daddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome now, uh, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. How are you today? I looked immediately at my nipple. Well, it's because you're wearing a see-through shirt. Are you wearing your see-through shirt, Richie? Why? Because the poor music. What are you doing? Are you no, a little I hot? No, I have a shirt underneath. All right. Is his mic on? Yeah. All right, Eric. All right. So you are again. I see you're well enough to wear your off-putting see-through clothing today. 
<laughs> yeah, but I got a shirt underneath. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, okay, how are you feeling today on a scale of, on the classic 1 to 10 scale? Uh, pretty good, actually. The, the swelling your cheek seems, looks smaller. Yeah. Your whole head seems to have shrunk a little bit. You should feel it. I don't want to feel oh, your... Oh, no. It's hard. You should feel it. Oh, pumpkin. Nothing. <laughs> Jay, I don't ever want to hear hear that phrase from you. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Touch it, Rick. The... Are you going to touch it? I don't Do know. It. You should totally touch it. What, uh, what if my hand pencil. falls off? No offense. I'm just saying. Why don't you put something over your hand, like a tissue, and then touch it? Hey, there you go. Do we have a rubber glove? Yeah. Let me grab my collection. Hey, of I think Dave Zinn has a big box of rubber gloves upstairs. Dave Zinn would have. Uh, let's just back up here for a second. So before we do anything else, so you woke up, and your cheek had been, your face had been oddly swollen. And you went to the doctor, and they've given you a good lancing a couple times now. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you did it at home. This sounds like a joke, like that old George Carlin routine about giving yourself a piercing at home with a paper punch. Uh, but you, and people can see video of this at rickemerson.com, even though I urge them not to. Let me be very clear on this point. Uh, just like the professor says in Dead Poet Society, let me urge you now not to test me on this point. You can go to rickemerson.com, and there is a big blog posting. I think it's the second one down. I think the top one is about the listener party. The second posting down has both of your YouTube videos, uh, one with sound, one without. And, and I really, I think that the headline I put is just something like, you don't want to watch this. I also put it on the uh, MySpace. And uh-huh. I, and, and really, I say three or four different times, like, really, no fooling. You don't want this in your head. If there's no bleach strong enough. Your goggles will not protect you. Watching this will stain your soul. And so what does immediately everybody do? They all watch it, and then they take the time to post some sort of response. You you jerk. You should have told me not to watch it. So anyway, so the doctor had lanced your face a couple of times. You went home. It was still swollen. So you sterilized a thumbtack with a cigarette lighter and then decided to decided to drain your face yourself, uh, and you then filmed it. It was a pushpin. A pushpin. Uh, and so that was on Friday. Uh, now you're back. Now you, 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 how do you, how are you feeling about your face? I mean, do you feel like it's getting better? Yeah, because it was all hard. Oh look, hey Dave's in. Here's just gloves. brought us some rubber gloves. Thank you. Don't ask why he has a big box of rubber gloves upstairs. It was all hard, and I was worried about like permanent, you know, because I was like, Geez. do they know what caused this? No, she's gonna look at it tomorrow morning. See, that's the reason for the rubber gloves. I don't want you to take any offense at this. Hold on, that's Richie. true. If we don't know exactly, no, what I don't want you to. Hold on a second. Let me just. There we go. Oh, <laughs> that's a sound that brings nothing but joy. Make sure they're not expired. All right. Um, okay. So, I have to touch. Uh, I'm touch sorry, me, Rick. I'm sorry that Bob Costantini is on hold and has to hear this. Bob, we'll get to you in just a moment. All right. So now I am going to touch your cheek, Richie, Woo-hoo. because you've you've said that it's all solidified or whatnot. Now I have to touch the other one just for like for comparison, like as a control group. Let me touch my own cheek. Okay. <laughs> You got porn music? I'm now gonna touch I'm gonna touch I'm gonna touch your left cheek now, which is normal. Oh Rick. Alright, that, that thank you. Alright, I'm now touching where should I touch? The hard part of my right cheek. But where you can't tell what the hard part is. What is that? Where? Right there. Alright. Is it near the hole? You'll hit it no matter what. Oh! Oh, that's really I'm sorry, Richie, I know this makes you feel bad, but that's really disturbing. Right there. Are you are you is smuggling it just like hard? What is it? Are you smuggling coins or something in there? Is it like rock hard? It, it is. It is. It is. It's like touching a golf ball. A chipmunk with a bunch of really. It's your skin. It, there's oh, no. I don't want to touch it. 
Okay, here's here's a glove. That, now you have to touch his other cheek for comparison. Okay. <laughs> and then I swear Bob Costantini will bring you on in just a moment, and we'll agree not to discuss this. No porn music. We'll uh, decorum. will uh, all right. So this, okay. so touch this left cheek first, just so you can get a sense of like what a normal cheek feels like. Okay. Now, now touch the other part. Touch his other cheek. His right cheek. Chubby cheek. Right, right there. It's hard. All right, right there. Oh man. Push hard. Now, if you push hard, his head's going to squirt. I'm gonna explode. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like that soldier in the mist. <laughs> Richie's oh, just a, full of full of spiders. That's not so much as it's just like that. That just feels like it really hurts. Yeah. Like it's really uncomfortable. All right. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, Richie. We'll check in with you okay. later on. I'll, here, I'll take the gloves for you. All right. Yeah, just uh, set that over there. All There's right. my number. You don't need Purell. Yeah. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN radio correspondent, Bob Gastantini. Hello, sir. Hello, Rick. Is this uh, National Dermatology Week? Or? Well, uh, let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you how much you really want to know the answer to that question. Uh, no, no, it's okay. Would you like to know why we were just putting on rubber gloves and touching Richie's face? I, uh, I, I, I. Would you like I'm to? Sure, I'm, would you I like to guess? Your listeners might be better served if I <laughs> talk about the Pope. Would you? Uh, would you like to hazard a guess? Maybe speculate. Put your journalistic you skills to, face, to use. Obviously. Put your, well, not so much on his face as in his face, Bob. Oh, okay. So, Richie apparently has some sort of uh, infection that has, um, he, how do I put this? He's, um, he's all full of gunk, Bob. There's no getting around it. So, um. Poor Richie. I I tell him I feel sorry. Yeah, no, it really is like he's, uh, it's like he's smuggling a Titleist uh, right inside his right cheek. There's something decidedly unnatural about it. All right. In any event, uh, you are discussing uh, Pope Benedict, are you not? Uh, Yes, that's the uh, purpose of my call. Not really to discuss, (laughs) not to discuss Richie's uh, immunological woes. Yes, Uh, I I certainly hope things get better for him. Is it true that, that the Pope is here and then he is... Somebody said shunning. I don't know if that's actually the correct term. That he is uh, sort of opting not to meet with the White House or with President Bush. Oh no, he is going to meet with the president. Um, what it is is there. The president is actually hosting a dinner in his honor tomorrow night at the White House. Uh, but the Pope will not be there. It will be uh, a dinner that uh, will be attended by the president, but other uh, of you know of the Catholic dignitaries in uh, in town. Uh, will be there. There is a concern that uh, the Pope uh, can be worn out uh, relatively quickly. He turns 81 uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Do you suppose the Church has ever, uh, you know, considered getting somebody who wasn't an octogenarian? <laughs> I mean, really, I'm well, not... John Paul was relatively young and, and was vibrant for, you know, a couple of decades. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, the idea is that, uh, you know, they, they don't want him to, uh, you know, exert himself a little too much. Uh, and that, that's that's why the dinner situation is. They, um, the Pope and the President will be meeting tomorrow at the White House, uh, a ceremony welcoming him to the United States uh, tomorrow at the White House. Uh, and then they will have some private discussions before he does uh, uh, some other things here in town. The Pope and the President sounds like some sort of wacky animated sitcom that would air on, uh, like, MySpace TV or something. They have a they have a significant amount of things in common as far as the social issues are concerned. The Pope uh, opposes stem cell research, abortion, of course, uh, same-sex marriage, 
uh, that sort of thing. But they, they will differ significantly on the uh, idea of the Iraq War. And that difference actually dates back to, of course, to, to the uh, John Paul uh, papacy as well. I got two things. A, is it true that the Pope's not going to Boston while he's here? Which seems, if that's true, that seems strange. Uh, no, he's not going to Boston. Then that, is, uh, isn't that a traditional stopover, though, for the, when the Pope? Uh, well, it might be. There are, of course, uh, lots of Catholics in Boston. Um, but, you can uh, sort of see, you can you can see William Donahue just getting angry from here. If you listen, there are a lot of Catholics in a lot of places, actually. I mean, if you really, I mean, if you sort of stop and listen, you can probably you can probably hear William Donahue from the Catholic League screaming right now. <laughs> Secondly, um, has anybody thought about asking the Pope why he wears what appear to be to the untrained eye red ruby slippers? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Let me ask you this, Bob. On a he scale, he was on the plane over here, by the way. On a scale of one to ten, how uncomfortable <laughs> do you find this whole line of questioning about the Pope uh, to be? Uh, would you say a five or maybe higher? Relatively uh, seven, seven and a half, maybe eight. All yeah. right, then let me ask you this: What do you find more awkward, discussion of the Pope and his red ruby slippers and his shunning of Boston, or yeah. the discussion of what might or might not be growing inside of Richie's head? I'd rather talk about the Pope because I actually can understand that. Uh, I, I just, uh, I certainly hope the best for Richie, but I just, you know, I, I think the Pope's trip is. But you're not a doctor. Studying up on it, at least. Well, the, so then let me ask you this: When he, in all seriousness, when he does uh, come here, is this? I want to say, I mean, it is all kind of uh, ceremonial, but I mean, it, yeah. what, is it? Do they actually hope to accomplish something specific, or is it just one of those keep the lines of communication things open? I mean, what is the what is the the desired outcome of this visit? Well, the Pope comes here as a head of state, actually, of the Vatican, um, and um, he has, uh, as he will, uh, the right to speak before the United Nations later this week uh, when he goes to New York, and he'll be celebrating a mass there at Yankee Stadium. But, uh, you know, it is a sort of a diplomatic visit as well uh, for uh, him to be what amounts to now the second uh, pope to visit the White House. And, uh, of course, he will discuss various issues with the president. He, and obviously it's a, an outreach to Catholics in the United States who, without uh, the growing Hispanic population, would actually be dwindling in this country, which the number of Catholics. Actually uh, sort of dovetails with my other question, which is, do you, yeah. do you, from your objective journalistic position, do you uh, have the assessment that perhaps this pope, for whatever reason, at least at this point in his papacy, which I think is now almost four years old, something like that, uh, does not quite have the, the presence, doesn't quite have the Q factor, they might say, of Pope John Paul II? Oh, well, everyone, and even the pope himself, from what I've read, uh, admits he doesn't have that rock star quality uh, that John Paul had, uh, but they pretty much share the same uh, Catholic doctrine. Uh, John, uh, John Paul had uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, uh, who is now the Pope, uh, as his doctrinal watchdog, if you will. Um, it earned him a bad nickname of the Rottweiler because he was very strict about adhering to church doctrine. Cardinal Ratzinger. Um, Cardinal Ratzinger. Sounds like he ought to be chewing on a cigar and sitting down at Archie's Tavern talking about, like, the, the time that the Mets, what, you know, almost made it. And you're absolutely intent on in getting me into trouble. I'm not. I'm simply um, making these observations as a Catholic myself, Bob. He is, uh, yeah, he is coming to try to minister and to, uh, you know, draw more Catholics into the flock if he can at this point and bring them back. Uh, you know, it's it's a... It's a known fact that in this country, a lot of Catholics have grown distant uh, from the faith over such issues as stem cell research and uh, uh, birth control. 
Um, and, and that uh, would be all know, of us here on the show, incidentally. Well, we're, perhaps, yeah. yeah. We're all Catholics uh, at one point, but it's sort of here's the, just I know, we, I know we're over time here, but as, as, yeah. we, as we sort of wrap this up, what is if if the, Catholicism is dwindling, what is the fastest growing religion in America? Do you know offhand? Because I don't. Um, well, no, it is it is uh, the Catholic faith because uh, there are large numbers of Hispanics mm. coming into this country. That's that's the way I understand it. And a final dumb question: How many people does Yankee Stadium hold? Yankee Stadium will hold for the mass upwards of fifty seven, fifty eight thousand people, from what I understand, because they can they can put people on the uh, grass. Okay, as well. so this may sound like a little, little bit of a the, the pedantic question, but is it? I mean it. Are they going to do communion for 70,000 people? Uh, they will. Um, the, the way this has done, been done in the past, uh, they distribute it throughout the stands with um, uh, a, a number of priests from the uh, area. Okay, because in my head I'm just picturing everybody standing in that one line where you're shifting uncomfortably from foot to foot. <laughs> that would foot, take a while. Kind yeah. of looking at your watch going, oh, that parking's going to lapse. I hope I get the body of Christ sometime soon. I, all right. Bob Costantini, I apologize for our blasphemy. Have a good day, sir. Take care. Thank you. There you go. Fantastic. It's good to push the line now and again, sir. Bob Costantini. <laughs> the best part is the I have to run, Rick. I... Wonderful. He hasn't found his... That bummed out about the show for a long time. No, no, no. You know, he the thing is about, about that call, he was... He yeah, found so it because he loves us? He found it amusing but didn't want to. That'll get us a call from Dan, I'm sure. Yeah, so oh, what happened? Oh, I didn't tell you this. Uh, so Dan, who is the CNN... Uh, Does he not like me? You said... Yes, talking. Booker. Well, we had... Uh, we'll tell the story, and then we're going to break. Um, so Dan, who is the CNN guest booker, we had had some discussions with him, uh, and we found out that any observation we made about Lisa Desjardins, he would just sort of pass along to her as, I guess, what he thought to be sort of advice or sort of a low-grade unofficial consultant to her or whatever. And I think at some point we said something about, oh, you know, we love it when she makes Footloose references or she talked about Kevin Bacon or something. And lo and behold, he apparently told her that. He's like, hey, KCMD loves your Kevin Bacon jokes, Lisa Desjardins. And she mentioned this to us. And so it then began it then it began our whole attempt to see if we could just get him to pass along anything to her. Next I said the Melrose Place thing. So we completely fabricated this comment about, yeah, no, no, she makes a lot of great Melrose Place comments, Dan. You, We love it when she does that, just to see if he would sort of like mindlessly pass along this sort of compliment about I Melrose Place. No, but you know, I mean, without checking up on it, because he doesn't listen. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, he did. Apparently, the next day when he was booking the shot with her, he said, hey, by the way, KCMD loves your Melrose Place. And so that was kind of, you know, it was a little bit of culture jamming. We found that a little bit amusing. So here's what happens on Friday. You were gone on Friday, but Kristen Bowie is here. Kristen Bowie calls up CNN to book Lisa. Dan answers the phone, and Kristen says, Hey, this is uh, Kristen Bowie, and for Sarah at KCMD, we'd like to book Lisa at 1135 to talk about, uh, you know, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and the Pennsylvania primary or whatever. Dan books it and then says to Kristen, says, Hey, by the way, is Rick Emerson there? Can I talk to him? <gasps> and Kristen hands me, she was on her cell phone, she hands me, and says, Dan from CNN wants to talk to you. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd. So I pick up the cell phone. Oh, God. There's Dan from CNN. And Dan says, he goes, hey, Rick, it's uh, Dan from CNN. And I said, oh, hey, Dan, what's up? And he goes, hey, look, I uh, I really don't want to be that guy, oh, Rick. No. But um, it would really, 
I'd consider it really a personal favor to me, and I know Lisa would appreciate it. Um, if you could not make so many comments about the Frenchness of her last name, she's <laughs> she's really made pretty uncomfortable by it. And I took me a second, and I went, excuse, pardon me? And he said, oh, well, apparently uh, you really go on and on about her last name being French, and uh, she's just sort of made very <laughs> awkward and uh, I think maybe her feelings have been hurt a little bit by the fact that you dwell so heavily in the fact that she's a French name. So I think CNN would really appreciate it if you could just ease oh, down I love on that. Him even more now. And the, but the thing is, he didn't know. He had no idea. It, I asked Lisa later on. I oh said, "Oh my gosh! So she was messing with you she through was him? Screwing with with me through him? He uh, still is the unwitting uh, sort of a carrier for all of these jokes because we got her on later today. And I said right out of the gate, I said, "Hey, thanks a lot, Frenchie McFrench." Uh, did Dan know that you were screwing with us? And she said, no, not at all. She said, just as Dan sort of relays without question our comments about Lisa, Dan without question relays Lisa's comments about us to me. So Dan had no idea that he was being used for, for comedic purposes oh, by us. Man. And then he had no idea that he was being used for comedic purposes by Lisa. Probably still doesn't know. Well, so. Clippy hasn't decided that he's like, those people sound really funny. I should start listening to them. Thanks, Dan. So, uh, anyway, so there you go. So the next time you talk to Lisa, make sure to make some crack about, uh, you know, blah, 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 Frenchie, blah, 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 surrender, blah, 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 cheese. Yeah, she isn't on today, is she? No, she's uh, gone for a couple of days. I think. Okay. So we'll just have to content ourselves with the tongue lashing I'm sure to get about Bob Costantini in the Catholic segment. Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Yes. All right. Fantastic. Coming up, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop, the top five. More about Rick Emerson, listener, party 11, and so forth. Stay there. Back after this. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Coming up later on, CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop. Uh, what else? Steve Kastenbaum will join us with the uh, top five. More about Rick Emerson, listener party 11, and I'll loudly eat some carrots. Let's take this phone call, then we'll go to the Ministry of Truth. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. Please now favor us with comedy. Yes, this is James here in Portland. It seems like the city of Portland is lucky that the Pope doesn't come this way. Because it seemed, um, if he was, he'd be greeted with uh, flags being tethered to uh, weather balloons. Please, I don't understand. Someone clarify the joke. I don't you know the neo-Nazis were uh, floating those uh, flags on the weather balloons? Oh, that's right. The not Okay, it's a Nazi gag. All right, I see. All right, fair enough. All right, I'm sorry, sir. I, I, I apologize for not being able to oop your comedic alley. All right. Thanks. All right, thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, your personal safety. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Big explosion in Puyallup. I think that's how you say it. That is how you say it. It is. Well, the man who was making bombs in his house blew himself up this morning, is blasting this? the roof off his home. Wait, hold on. Is this a Darwin watch? I believe so, yeah. I have Ladies a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I ain't on my cap. Don't, don't, don't. Three parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one goes. And another one bites the dust. 
Here's your, uh... Oh, my heart just stopped. Darwin watch. Ah, there it goes. For Tuesday. So the story headline is, House explodes moments after deputies back away from an angry man. <laughs> a man who was making bombs in his Puyallup home blew himself up early this morning, blasting the roof off his home and causing the structure to burn to the ground. Fantastic. Uh, a couple called 911 after returning home last night to find their 26-year-old roommate angry and handling explosives. <laughs> Pick a better roommate. <laughs> That's the worst possible combination of things. Well, he seemed angry and handled his napalm. That's why I love living in this area of the country. You don't find this anywhere else. Nope. So deputies arrived at the house uh, near the intersection 160th and 70th. The man ran upstairs with a duffel bag full of explosives and other bomb-making materials. The man began playing music loudly, and deputies backed away from the house. Within moments, the top floor of the house exploded. He either accidentally or intentionally set the explosion off and took the whole top floors of the building with him, and the house was engulfed in flames. Jesus. The police were arrived, but not able to enter the house. Holy Craigslist. Because of a fear that there may be more explosions inside. The fire continued to smolder until 8 o'clock this morning, and a body was found in the rubble. A bomb robot was used to check the charred remains of the house and nearby vehicles for bombs. So far, uh, no others have been found. Uh, the bombs the man uh, used were wrapped uh, with uh, glass, marbles, and nails. It's not clear exactly what caused the man to become angry and detonate the bombs. <laughs> He was a convicted sex offender, but his name hasn't been released. He had some issues with law enforcement in the past. And what actually, the, from what we're learning... What with the raping and all? He had a rough week leading up to this. Paranoid, changing the locks, doing some strange things. Detectives and fire investigators expected to remain at the scene for several hours. There's so much about this story I want to know. First of all... I have the picture I don't even... of the house blown up on Como oh, TV. fantastic. I don't even know where to... Be. Wow. That house is gone, baby mad. gone. Well, he had a rough week. Jesus. Yeah, there is house. There is no house. This is just a big pile of, of house leavings is really all this is. I have so many questions about this story. So he's 26. Yes. He is a convicted convicted sex offender. He had a rough week leading up to this. Of, of course. Um, and But he had roommates. Yes. So now... Who are, do we know who the roommates are? We don't, but I'm sure that'll be exposed in due time. I mean, who know? I mean, who would who would rent a room to this person? Well, that's the thing. Like, were they renting a room to him? Was he renting a room to them? He may be the mayor of Puyallup, for all we know. <laughs> he may be one of their finer citizens. We are not saying the mayor of Puyallup is a sex offender. Well, that's true. That's not a thing we're saying. No, we're not. At no point do Perhaps we even apply the mayor of Puyallup may be, that's but right. not the current mayor. And well, the year's not out, Tim. Who knows? Um, so the. So the 26-year-old guy living in Puyallup with how many other people? Two? Two. How hard is it to find the Nicolad, some some guy who's not a, like a sex offender? Um, so he had been building explosives. Yes. But not just like last night. I mean, this seems to have been an ongoing lifestyle choice for him. But it's a hobby, like model airplanes and quilting. <laughs> Making sweaters. What are you building, Death? Um, so... He had been making explosives. How many strikes does one need? Oh, I'm going to send this to Lycus. How many strikes do you need before you decide that you ought to live somewhere else? I mean, really, I would go live underneath the bridge before I decided to shack up with some guy, sex offender who's building bombs and angry all the time. And changing the locks and being <laughs> and paranoid. The locks and being... What are you doing? Jamming toothpaste into every single crack in the wall so the demons can't watch me. At least he pays the rent on time. All right, I'll, I'll just be watching Sports Center. 
<laughs> and then they came home together. They came home together. It the, doesn't say. The other two roommates, okay. They came home. He was angry, ran up to his room with a duffel bag full of explosives. Yes. And then the next thing they know, as you, as you would say, Tim, the next thing they do is kaboom. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So they explain mu- music loudly. What do you suppose he was listening to? High concept topic right now. What music was this guy listening to just before he blew himself up? Insane Clown Posse. I was going to say Slipknot. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. We will do two banks of calls only. 503-733-2970. Really, if I had the time, eh, this would be a thing we should put together as a top five. But A, I don't really know how we'd put it together in, in, in the amount of time we have left. B, it would almost certainly require heavy editing. So we will now take at 503-733-2970 your high-concept suggestions about what the bomb maker was listening to at what loud vo- loud levels? Yes. What was he listening to at high volume uh, before he blew himself up? By the way, we could do an alternate high-concept topic later, which is what would be the funniest thing for him to be listening to at high volume <laughs> before blowing himself up? I like that one because it made me chuckle. I'm going to go with the, uh, the theme to the Heckle and Jekyll show. Should we do that one instead? Yes. Yes. All right. So I'm sorry, we've now changed the high concept topic. What would be the funniest thing for the bomb guy to be listening to at high volume moments before he blew himself up? Again, if you are if you are listening, we have now changed the high concept topic. What would be the funniest thing for him to be listening to at high volume moments before blowing himself up? Ponder that. We'll go to the phones in just one moment. Is there anything else to the story? Not to this one, no. All right. So will we have... Hopefully more information on this story as it unfolds throughout the day. I believe so, yes. They're really going to be. I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the house. There's nothing left. It's all gone. I like the idea, too, that he was also wrapping the bombs in what? Nails? Nails. Something in marbles. Nails and marbles. I wonder if they were the cat's eye marbles or they were like the little small. Were they the shooters or was it just like, going to wrap this in Aggies? All right. Let's, uh. There's a duffel bag full of explosives. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What would be the funniest thing for him to be listening to at high volume before blowing himself up? I'm not sure the name of the band. Maybe you can help me. Uh, you'd really dropped a bomb on me. I have no idea. Think uh, the Gap Band, maybe? Okay, Scott, only Scotty J would know. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right, hello. Uh, Rick Emerson show. What would be the funniest thing for him to be listening to at a, a high volume before blowing himself up? Uh, late stage meatloaf. Also, tell Dur- uh, tell Richie to look up the durian worm. All right, thank you. Oh, uh-oh. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What would be the funniest thing for him to be listening to before he blew himself up? She's a bombshell, Operation Ivy. I'm sorry, what was it? She's a bombshell uh, by Operation Ivy. Well done, thank you. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson show. What would be the funniest thing for him to have been listening to? Is this me? Yes, it is. Share. What? Share. Share? <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. I thought he was saying the first syllable of your name. Like sort of a share. No, it's a share. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Funniest thing for the bomb guy to have been listening to moments before he blew himself up. Well, it's funny on two levels. Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. Because he turned into a purple haze in, in the middle of the song. It says, excuse me while I kiss the sky. All right. Thank And the ground. And the walls. Thank you. All right, thank you. And that tree over there, uh, three more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, what would be the funniest thing for him to have been listening to? Um, hunka, hunka, bird in love. Thank you. Two more. See, these are funny in a different way than I was anticipating. I was sort of thinking ironic juxtaposition, like the Looney Tunes theme or something. <laughs> or the Leak Girl. Exactly, the Leak Girl, or maybe oh, sort, of a, sort of a Reader's Digest, you know, mellow mood classics. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. See, there you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. All right, two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. 
<laughs> oh, God. How about uh, Afternoon Delight? Uh, see, that's, again, in the same vicinity. That's in the ballpark. All right. But sort of punctuated with a, you know, sky rockets in flight. <laughs> afternoon Delight. All right. Thank you. One more. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. What would be the funniest thing for the bomb guy to have been listening to before he blew himself into small pieces? Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's your Darwin watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Go, go. Another one bites the dust. Excellent. Go, go, go. Another one bites the dust. And another one goes. And another one goes. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Uh, the judges also would have accepted I Fall to Pieces by Patsy Cline. Here's Tim Riley. Elsewhere in Washington, uh, two men tried to run across I-5 in Centralia, which was a bad idea, and one of them was fatally struck by a car. The pair made it across the southbound lanes, but in the northbound lanes, a 1999 Toyota Camry swore to avoid one of the men in one lane, but hit the other in the next lane. The man was, who was hit was taken to Centralia Hospital and then flown to Seattle. He died of massive head injuries. A 39-year-old driver escaped injury damage to his car, $1,500. Uh, this guy says, Rick, sex offenders are not necessarily deviant to molest children. Sometimes someone walking around their house nude uh, can be spotted by a neighbor or somebody. They could file a complaint and get them convicted as a sex offender. That is true. Um, let's see. Uh, he says, I'm not excuse. Of course, the idea that he had, quote, a duffel bag full of bombs, though, might indicate that perhaps he was, uh, he was not, uh, not as harmless as one might like to think. Uh, many people have suggested the Benny Hill theme song. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, then we have the Vancouver boy who had a butter knife pulled from his head. Uh, Tyler Hemmett says he and a friend were sitting in a park bench when another boy became angry at them and threw a knife. So the friend ducked, which helped the friend, but it hit Tyler right in the head. When he threw it, we both ducked. Tyler's friend, well, it just stuck in his head. The, Where uh, in his head? Uh, between his scalp, scalp and his skull. There was like a bee sting for a while. He went to a nearby house for help, and his friend were in several blocks to tell Tyler's father. Uh, Brian Hemmett said he didn't stop to put on his shoes. He drove to the park, and an ambulance followed moments later. Well, that's almost impressive. I wanted to yank it off, but I knew better. Well, at least his dad's a little bit smart here. Uh, Tyler said he could still feel the knife. I could see the handle of the butter knife sticking out. That's when I freaked out. So not into the skull, uh, but it just sort of went perpendicular. Or word, what's that? The other word? Parallel? Yeah. So it went parallel to the skull. This is kind of like uh, this is like how we, we we were thinking about that woman who fell onto that kitchen knife a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's sort of like that, where it kind of goes parallel, just goes underneath the skin. All right. Uh, so uh, anyway, they didn't pull out the knife. Apparently, he had a uh, cat scan. They could see the handle of the knife sticking out. Uh, but it wasn't in his skull. When they numbed it, they cut it open and they ripped the knife out. He received five stitches. And it's holding a scalp together very well. He has a bandage wrapped around it, and his mother unwrapped it on television last night. Of course she did. Oh, by the way, we have here an email from somebody who named their, uh, I'm not making this up, uh, someone who has, is it a son or a daughter? Uh, someone who has named their second-born son Riley Dillon. Riley huh? Dillon. Listener Aaron, uh, not Aaron Geek in the City. Listener Aaron mm-hmm. says, um, let's see. Uh, my wife and I have been arguing relentlessly over what to name our second son. I will preface this by acknowledging that you loathe children, but you might still find it amusing. Um, uh, we were arguing over what to name our second son who should be born any day. We finally settled on Riley Dillon. See you at the listener party. Best show ever. Aaron from Southeast. So there you go. 
Well, I'm deeply honored. You will live on that even after so your death. Mm-hmm. Finally settled on Riley Dillon. This makes up for the and fact that's good that... that's because neither of us would probably have children. Never. No, I do not plan on procreating. We really ought to get... And he claims it's not because of the program. He says it's just a coincidence, but I think we all know that's not true. Mm-hmm. I think we know... Here's the thing. Wait, so he's a listener, and he's writing to you about the name of his future child, but he's saying that it doesn't have anything to do with the program? No, he's, he emailed me, and he said... Uh, now, see, I've, I've, uh, I've lost the, uh, the thing. I'll have to open it again so I can find it. Um, he claims here... Let's see here. Um, the space... Uh, let's see, here's uh, the space mail. All right, he says, um, this is from Aaron in Southeast. Rick, I will preface this by acknowledging you loathe children, but you still might find this amusing. My wife and I have been arguing relentlessly over what to name our second son who should be born any day. We finally settled on Riley Dillon. Both of them spelled the same way, you know, Riley and uh, yeah. Tim Riley and Sarah Dillon. He says, uh, we didn't name our son after Tim and Sarah, uh, though we're both longtime listeners, and Tim is, in fact, my personal savior. This is totally unconvincing. The amazing part, the part that should flatter you, is that we didn't scrap the name once we realized the coincidence. See you at the listener party. Best show ever, Aaron from Southeast. All I'm saying is, eh, uh, longtime listener, uh, sounds like the wife, longtime listener, uh, and then Riley and Dylan. Going to the listener party, felt the need to preemptively email us before the kid is even born and say the kid has been named Riley Dillon. So all I'm saying is my my theory here and what I'm going to choose to believe is that this idea that somehow because how would you ever land on that? How would you ever? What are the? I would like a mathematician to come up with the odds of naming your kid Riley Dillon and of also being a big fan of a radio program where the last names are Riley and Dillon. I mean I'm not trying to be all about us, but really. That just seems that seems statistically improbable. So I'm going to choose to believe that this business about it being a coincidence is just a fiction he tells his wife. Uh, I think we all know the truth from uh, from Aaron. So there you go. So uh, so uh, there you go. Once you have shuffled off your mortal coil, your names will continue to live on, Tim and Sarah. I'm honored. Here's Tim Riley. Well, was it uh, good luck that allowed a Springfield man to survive three shotgun wounds to the head? Luis Amanda Rodriguez Favara says possibly. A 35-year-old says two men ambushed him Saturday when he was returning to his truck after visiting a woman in an apartment complex. He offered his keys and wallop, but one man uh, struck him with a crowbar. Then he heard a gunshot and felt his face go numb. Uh, he ran away, but two more bullets hit him in the uh, shooting spree. Police arrested two men, one of whom is the ex-boyfriend of the woman he is visiting. Police say jealousy appears to be the motive. Despite his injuries, he can walk and talk. He needs more recovery time, but he feels reborn. That's... Three gunshot wounds to the head. By the way, when we were uh, visiting Jarris in the hospital yesterday, he was. It's. I did at one point do the thing of asking how the food was because I realized that, like, that's been such a staple of, of stand-up comedy, but I really didn't know the answer to it. So I said, "Hey, what is? What does the food taste like here? Is it? Is it actually? Is it? Uh, is it? Is it good or is it bad?" And apparently, he said it all tastes like plasticky soap. So just uh, FYI, every single thing he actually pointed to a glass of soda and a plate of spaghetti, and said that they both tasted exactly the same. So word to the wise, bring your own food. Also, uh, he was telling us the story, as people in hospitals always do, he was sharing with us the story of the many mishaps they'd have while trying to probe him for various things. And he told this long, really cringe-inducing story about how at one point they were trying to inject his arm with something, but as he put it, just struck some sort of a main nerve, causing the whole right side of his body to go numb for an extended period of time. So that's unnerving. Is this the guy who's naming his baby? All right, let's, uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this, uh, Aaron? This is. Aaron in Southeast. Hello, sir, how are you? Good, how are you guys? All right, so, 
Please now move forward with this fiction that you are not naming your son after Tim and Sarah, which you clearly are. We've spent the last, I don't know, six, seven months over one of those damn 50,000 baby names books looking at baby names and suggesting things. And my wife has been stuck on the middle name Dylan for a long time. And uh, I was looking you know, through the book, going through, I'd read off names. We finally landed on Riley. And it was the next day I sat down and I'm like, oh, my God. It, you know, Tim, Riley, Sarah, Dylan. And we, we talked about it, kind of laughed and like, ah, that's cool. And we'll stick with it. But, now, at any uh, at any point, did you consider scrapping the name because of the association with this program? No, we didn't. We just kind of laughed about it, and you know, you know, thought it was kind of funny. But we never, never once really, you know, did we consider uh, scrapping the name because we are big fans. But uh, now we could. It, it wasn't the genesis of the name, but it definitely uh, we thought it was pretty cool. Once then you sure we it. couldn't? Uh, sure we couldn't bribe you to add a third name in there somewhere. Well, I don't know. Rick is uh, – I don't know about Rick, but I yeah, – See, there's – you know, you slot in like a Rick, a Richard. It, 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 there could be twins. Is that, there, I, I mean – How much is it worth to you? <laughs> I, I, I really don't know the answer to that. <laughs> what, is it, what is it you're seeking, sir? Well, you know, I did have a dog named Clyde. Well, see, there, are you sure that – are you sure that this isn't something in your subconscious that's trying to get out via the names that you give things? Well, I don't know. I hope not because I had to have my dog Clyde put down last week, so hopefully uh Oh. Well, that's awkward. Uh what, yes. you have another kid? I do. What's your what's your other kid's name? His name's Kane. Kane. All right. So so Kane, uh, what's Kane's middle name if I may ask? Uh Barrett. Kane Barrett and Riley Dillon. I don't know. Those are good names. I feel like we ought I feel like there's something we ought to be able to offer you. Uh, to be able to, because really, let's be honest. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to try to shoehorn my name in there somewhere. Otherwise, I got to start from scratch. I got to find some other couple that's going to, you know, get pregnant. And I got to start badgering them about naming the kid after me. I'm just well, saying, it well, seems since like I put, since I put my dog down, I will be getting another one sometime soon. No, that's that's great. So the <laughs> the kid gets named Riley Dillon, and my name gets given to the dog. <laughs> we call the dog Indiana. That's wonderful. Well, I'm just saying, it seems to me. I don't want to lean on this, but it just seems like the door is halfway open, Aaron. The and door I... is halfway open. The birth certificate is not yet signed, but I don't know. I'm just saying, how about this? First of all, let me just say, it would help the kids stand out by having two middle names, kind of like J.R.R. Tolkien. True, but uh, I don't know. So it would be sort of, so it, Riley Dillon... Where could I where could I stick my name in there somewhere? Yeah, this is what you're doing. You're trying to get your name in there. Yes, yes, I am. Things are just for Tim and I, Rick, not for yeah, you. He, he, can't, he can't be happy for your for you guys. You it's know. easy to dismiss when your name's already been given to the kids, Sarah. Th there were no sour grapes from us. We're losing entertainer of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're willing participants. No, in this party. there were no complaints at all. <laughs> well, okay, duly noted. All right, fair enough. I think that's. I'm just okay. Let me just. Can we? Uh, if, I think so too. If there's a surprise twin, though, you got to promise to call me back and we'll talk. Will do. All right. Congratulations, my friend. All right. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Oh, by the way, just so you know, from today on, we are going to say that you named the kid after Tim and Sarah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll let that go. We'll we'll agree to that. All right. Anybody who listened that. today will know the truth. But going forward, just like Entertainer of the Year, you named the child after Tim and Sarah, and that's going to be the story. We can live with that. All right. Thank you. Congratulations to you and your wife, sir. All right. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. There you go. There's that guy. All right. Well, I gave it the old college try. Really, if it was ever going to happen, it was going to happen with that guy. I guess I'll just have to die without my, my – when I die, my name will die with me. Don't blame yourselves. Here's Tim and uh, – here's Tim Riley. Here's, here's, here's Riley, Dylan. Here's Tim Riley with the news.
Well, we have something interesting coming up here. By interesting, do you mean disturbing, bloody, gaseous? Kind of. I'm trying to get something to work, but it isn't. Is it something that will allow us to mock the suffering of another human? Yes, definitely. Excellent. Fantastic. Definitely. Should I find some music with us to... Uh, I'm trying to get this... Just... Is that what the computer voice is doing? That's probably it. We have to play that computer uh, sounder later on. Oh, by the way, you know what else that guy made? Hold on. The guy made something else, too. He made the... Uh... Yes, Richie. We can all see your nipples. Oh, thanks to Eric, the vending machine guy. Easy Mac, now in the house. Is he still here? No, he just sent me a, a message. Via oh, phone damn it. I meant to bring that guy in and ask him what the hell is up with those giant Fig Newton things he keeps putting in there that no one eats. Oh, the kid the kid bars? Fig Newtons. Are we ready, Tim? No, we're still not, but we'll do something else. All right. Well, we'll just move on to uh, oh, something else. No, we're ready. Okay. Now, what is this? Is this a clean thing we're about to play? It is. I hope it works. This is a Tanya watch. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your Tanya watch uh, for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Tim Riley with your Tanya Watch. So Tanya Harding was a not-so-special guest at Jared Allen's. This is a sports bar in Kansas City, Missouri. And decided to do a little karaoke. Oh, God. She is doing a... Wait, hold on. Yes. Do you know what song Tanya Harding is karaokeing here? Yes. And we know that this is real. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I have to guess now. Is this a... Uh, to the best... Is this a song you're familiar with? Yes. Okay. Song by a group or a solo artist? Solo artist. Male or female? Female. Okay. Cher. No. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Meredith Brooks. No. Wrong form of music. Okay. Country? Yes. Dolly Parton? No. Okay. Um, what's that? Who's that woman? Shania Twain. Yes. Wait. Any man of mine? No. Okay. It's Tanya Harding karaokeing a Shania Twain song. Uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman? No. Oh, that would have been a good one. It's close. What 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 are the what are the other Shania Twain songs? That's all I got. I only know any man of mine, a man I feel like a woman. What is the? Hold on a second. Uh, Shania Twain, Shania Twain. God, we worked next to JJ and Couple respectively for like nine years. I know. Shania Twain, any man of mine, man I feel like a woman. Um, Sarah, do you know any other Shania no, Twain songs? No, I just I thought it was that horrible man I feel like a woman one. What is the song? The Woman in Me. Oh, The Woman in Me. Yeah, that's an awful song. I don't think I know Well, that. I hope this works. All right. This is, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Tanya Harding okay. singing Shania Twain's The Woman in Me. Anytime you're ready here. Don't tell me this isn't going to work after all this. I could give my, I could give my sort of impression of what I think it might sound like. Is this on YouTube or somewhere else? TMZ. Oh, that's why. Oh, you know what? Oh, that's, that's why, because nothing on that TMZ player ever works properly. Ever. And I don't think our computers are fast enough to make it play properly. Right. I, don't even, I don't think it's the computer. I think it's our bandwidth. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the computer as such. I think the bandwidth at CBS, uh, t the speed at which we can download things. Because I download some MP3 cuts for promos and things from Westwood One or whatever. And uh, like at home, something that I could download. I'm not complaining about CBS. I'm really not. I'm just saying it's just a, a, the fact that you have 
however many radio stations, five radio stations or whatever it is, all trying to use the same T1 line here. And every uh, DJ is trying to download audio cuts and movie files and YouTube clips. So something that I could download in about nine seconds at home will, no joke, take me two, three, four, five minutes here sometimes. So um, is this Wait, the... Wait another couple of minutes. It is trying to load. All right. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come along any second now. It says here, loading video. I have to tell you, even at home where I have a lightning fast connection uh, via Comcast, mm -hmm. TMZ, that TMZ player buffers... And it is, it is always when it's something you really want to see. It is always something really fascinating. And it's like Lindsay Lohan falling into a wood chipper or something. And it, it, you sit there and it just and it does that thing where it just yeah, the loading, loading and the little and circling icon just around, sits there forever. Well, let me amuse myself with this. This is uh, I don't think anything's going to happen here. This is promise things. This email says, Rick. Hey, thanks. I am five weeks along. Is this a is this a man? It says it's from a man. And he says, I am. Oh, could be that guy from Bend. I am five weeks along, and Emerson will go into the possibility list for the baby name. Could be either a boy or a girl name, couldn't it? I will look it up. Yes, sir. Emerson. If you name your daughter Emerson, see, that's going to be like Madison. It's going to be one of those names, a little unconventional. Might sound a little bit like a male name, but sort of stands out there for by being given to a woman. I'm going to start this drum beat today, and I'm going to keep it up till somebody names a baby after me. <laughs> that's it. I'm <laughs> Well, you after, just don't get enough attention. After being entertainer of the year, God. Sarah, I need new goals. Really? Sarah, let me just Rick. tell you this. As Tony Robbins would tell you, Sarah, you never reach the end zone. When you get to what you think is the end zone, you're really only at the 50-yard line. <laughs> all right, this is Tanya Harding. No. no. Nah, we're never going to give up. All right. That's all right. Okay, it, you have to know when to give up. There's your you Tanya watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Best Tanya watch ever. Well, there you go. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. What up, Playhouse? Hey. <laughs> hello, sir. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye now. That was a funny call. Too bad we too bad to be part of it. You know the you know the thing is, uh, given the, based on the greeting that he gave us, they probably would have aired that. Not us though. We're a cleaner station than that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, somebody else. You know the, the other hideous Shania Twain song is uh, that song that don't impress me much. Boy, that's an awful song. Well, you want to talk about somebody that just. Bad. If you could just somehow go back magically and just expunge every trace of her music from the planet, we would all be better off for Shania that. Shania Twain. Seriously, I'm I have... dislike her so much. You know that ought to be uh, that ought to be some sort of a wacky made for YouTube or MySpace or something comedy from that Judd Apatow factory, that uh, Funny or Die set or whatever, where Jack Black or somebody just invents a time machine. This ought to be the next Tenacious D short film, where they invent a time machine and they go back and they write musical wrongs. You know what? Screw that. I'm keeping that for myself. I'm going to write that down, and I'm going to do something with that at some point. Just a whole short film where you travel back in time and you write musical wrongs. You know, things like... How do I put this? You know, things like you just... Uh, I'm just saying that Mark, that Mark David Chapman situation. That could have turned out better. Let's leave it at that. Uh, and, you know, and then you go back and you, you, uh, you know, you make sure that Shania Twain ends up in her rightful position as like a waitress in Saskatchewan. Here's Tim Riley. 
Well, placing Grant's pass have arrested two men accused of stealing a frisbee from two people at knife point. The knife was allegedly held at somebody's throat. The victims followed the suspects at a safe different and uh, phoned 911. Under arrest of 36-year-old Richard Lee Williams and 33-year-old Christopher C. Williams on charges of robbery, menacing, and theft. The Grants Pass man were also cited on charges of possessing less than an ounce of marijuana and being held in jail at $50,000. Who wants day. a Frisbee that badly? Well, this is after <laughs> there's no more copper wire to be found. <laughs> Get here, Frisbee! Frisbee! I mean, I mean, this is Grant's pass. What is there worth anything? That just doesn't make any sense at all. Let me ask you this. Here's a peculiar, uh, peculiarly American. Here's an interestingly American thing, and the thing that I think didn't exist uh, for my father's generation. Do you ever notice things that existed but were never put towards their ultimate use until sometime later? You know what didn't exist when I was a kid? Frisbee golf. And now you know guys that are into Frisbee golf, and they're really into it. I know guys that are into Frisbee golf... Like, uh, I mean, they're into frisbee golf more than more than more than people are into eating and breathing. This becomes one of those things that really is strangely obsessive for some people. Uh, this guy says, "By the way, I've got a big pus-filled face wound. I've named it Emerson. I thought you'd like to know. There you go. Now shut your hole. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, by the way, the person has clarified. She was emailing from her husband's account. It is in fact a woman named um, Desiree." Desiree says, I am a woman. This is my husband's email account. I will put Emerson on the short list of names for my baby. Thank you, Desiree. I, I mean, appreciate they're, that. They're so relentless. There's no shortage of people having babies, especially no. in your neighborhood. That's what I'm saying, Tim. Uh, they you start posting flyers all around the apartment buildings in your neighborhood. I demand that you name your baby after me, and I shall let you live. Uh, you get those things that hang on doorknobs? Somebody has says this. Offer them coupons. Listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> name your baby Emerson and get two for one at Little Caesars. Uh, this is God, I'm lame for knowing this, but Terry Hatcher's daughter is named Emerson. There you go. I'm saying there is precedent. We're breaking now. Precedent has been sent. Final email? Rick, good God, you're so vain. I bet you think that baby's about you. I bet you think that baby's yeah, about you. we get it. Baby! Ah! Back after this. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. A Milwaukee teenager has found an exotic rodent. He found this sitting in the middle of the street. First he thought it was a deer, but it has a kangaroo-like head. Uh, so uh, he tried to catch it. Let me understand. He found a rodent that he at first thought was a deer. Yes. It's what doesn't make sense rodent. about that sentence? Well, I'm talking about somebody in Milwaukee. <laughs> What's that? A forklift? <laughs> no. John, that's a bowling ball. <laughs> so first he thought it was a deer, but it has a kangaroo-like head. Uh, so it, it's known as a Patagonia cavy. It is a large rodent nav- native to central and southern Argentina. How large? Well, deer size, I guess. Yeah, it is. Wait, so, so there's a mouse the size of a deer in Milwaukee. Yeah, apparently it's a rodent. Is there a photograph of it? It is. Let me see. Uh, Jesus. Okay, that's creepy. That looks like a kangaroo with a with a donkey head. Weird. Why would that just be sitting in the middle of? I asked it's as though Milwaukee. you know. <laughs> Milwaukee is some sort of weird Star Trekian nature preserve. 
All right. Well, there you go. So stay away from that thing. So it is a Patagonia cavi. I think we talked about these things before. I don't think this is the first Patagonia cavi found. Is this gonna? Is this like Milwaukee's? Is this like the equivalent to all those peacocks that somehow exist in mm-hmm. Tannisborn? It uh, reminds one of a hare because of its long ears and long slender legs. The shape of its claws also remember, uh, resemble that of a hoof. Its coat is a grayish brown with white in the middle of the tail. It looks a lot like a kangaroo. It feeds on grasses and other plants and lives in small groups of 10 to 15, so it's probably lonely. The creepiest part about that animal is when it walks into a crate and then shrinks and comes out real small as a mouse. It could be. Okay. So it was fun in Milwaukee. So there may be more for all we know. Uh, do you want to hear more about that Florida girl who got beat up on the YouTube video? Is this the one that um, that Dr. Phil bailed out of jail, or she he he bailed out one of the one of, one of the one of the beaters? Yeah. So there's a, yeah there's all these girls who I guess savagely you know, beat that girl for like 30 minutes. The girls are mean. They really are. They're horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess Dr. Phil's show uh, bailed out one of the uh, alleged assailants or something like that. Uh, so we have uh, some of the audio here from the video apparently. Oh, is this of the beating? Yeah. Did you watch it? No. Well, I I tried to watch it, but they were playing that Rick Astley video. <laughs> okay, that's that's hilarious. That's what the bomb guy should have totally been playing. Never gonna give you up. To... Um. Sounds like a Lifetime movie. In any event, uh, I saw about ninety seconds of this girl fight. Uh, it, it, girl fight is probably the wrong way to put it. It really is just one girl being held down. While other, these other girls all just take a take a turn. So there of, were two boys, just to make it clear. They weren't all girls. Well, the boys were just watching Lookout, though. I think they trained the girls to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Their country trained them to kill. Now they're killing each other. So these girls are 14 to 17. There were six of them, and two boys ages 17 and 18. They're all under arrest. So I watched about 90 seconds of it. I guess it's a 30-minute beating, all caught on film for the for the MySpace and the YouTube. All right, do we have part of this? Uh, we do. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the 16-year-old Florida girl who was savagely beaten by her peers in an attack caught on videotape is her telling the 911 operator about her, her ordeal. Okay, wait a minute. She's heard uh, talking about her ordeal. 911 transfer. I just got jumped. You just got what, jumped? Yes, ma'am. And do you know who did it? Yes, I do. A friend of Victoria Lindsay's talks to the 911 operator after the teen came to her house following the attack. There's more than one? Yeah, there was six six girls. It's not more, she said. A friend of Victoria Lindsay, who described herself to the 911 operator as the nurse describes the teen's injuries. Uh, she's got blood in her mouth, and she's got a big old knot on her um, left eye. And, and, and we think that she's got a tooth broke. The friend tells the 911 operator that the people who attacked the girl didn't want their family to find out. They didn't want their nana to see what they did to her. They dropped her off and went back. A friend of Victoria Lindsay tells the 911 operator that the suspects have a reputation in their community. My daughter herself has had trouble with these same girls. They've tried to run her off the road and everything, so I do know these girls. They just are puppies around town. Wow. They're toughies around town. Whatever happened give, giving a riddle in the kids. <laughs> so, or, or Indian burns. Uh, so I watched uh, the video, and the best part of the entire video is it's just it was on it was on I think it's some Florida like local six or something, and they were playing two minutes of this, and I mean, I, there was I was in a sales meeting and some of the sales dudes were they're like, well, they, those girls weren't punching very hard. Which is, first of all, it doesn't really. It, six people punching you for half an hour. I mean, really, they don't. I don't think they really have to be thrown a, bu- a bunch of sort of foreman-style roundhouses for that to hurt. Secondly, 
the most surreal part of the video is this two-minute segment I watched, I think, was about halfway through it. So they're like 15 minutes into a 30-minute beating by six people. And at one point, two of the girls have uh, this poor girl up against a wall, and they're just repeatedly punching her in the face. And at one point, the girl is sort of, you know, unsteady on her feet because of the beating and all. And she starts to sort of slide, and one of the girls who was doing the beating actually stopped her. He goes, no, 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 don't bump the shelf. There were some, like, ceramic knickknacks or something there. And she was all worried that they would bump into the shelf. I mean, really, I'm just saying, my opinion, there really needs to be beatings all around in that, uh, in that case. So hopefully that will all just sort of work itself out in jail, especially because they've gone to all the trouble of prosecuting themselves by filming it and putting their faces on because they're retards. So let's... Uh, Kids let's... are getting dumber and dumber. The more resources you give them, the stupider they are. Kids just have to use their imagination way back when. Now we just hand them everything. The more you know. So uh, I'm hoping that there'll be some sort of uh, justice just meted out while they're in line for chow. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Women of polygamy. They're the top thing. Is that a hot, sexy new calendar (laughs) I can buy? Mm -hmm. Polygamy girls unchained. Uh, so, a former polygamous wife named Kathy says the children must be taken away from the mothers as well as the fathers. The mothers involved in this situation are complicit, a lot of them, with the acts that are going on. Now, we've been made out to be liars to every person we went to help for. Uh, the former polygamous wife, Kathleen, says not all women wanted to go back into that compound. Some of those women chose to go to another safe location, which tells me they wanted out, they seized this opportunity to get out, and there are more women like them. I guess there are a lot of them. Uh, Pope Benedict is now in Washington, D.C. He's not going to visit Boston, uh, where a lot of Catholics live. Uh, the First Lady is uh, hosting the uh, the pontiff and says the Pope has requested one special song. Well, her staff assistant says that. A it... hymn that will be sung by Kathleen Battle, a concluding song that uh, we discussed with the Vatican, with the Papal Nuncio, of, of something that would be meaningful to the Holy Father to hear the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh, really? Yes, really. Are you kidding me? That's what it says. I was so hoping it would be Rick Astley. <laughs> oh, that ought to be the goal, to rickroll the Pope. Not that I'm, not that I'm having to do it. Just do it. Where is this that this is going to be? Where, where at is the White this? House? At the White House. Yeah, the pup's going to be there. Oh, so there's really no chance. So they're not using a pre-recorder. This is some going to be some. Oh, he's going to celebrate mass at the Nationals Ballpark in Washington. Then he goes to New York. The uh, so this is at some point. Oh, how how deeply satisfying. But you've got to do it with the full intro, like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, the, the special request by His Holiness. The Pope, and then it just it, it, and then he kind of stands up and he, he sort of raises his hands and he waits for the. Oh, how great would that be? I know that it, all the kids on the Intertron think that we're supposed to be past the Rick Ashley thing, but you know what? It's still funny, so we're going to keep doing it. What's the Intertron? The interwebs. Oh, the internet. Yes. <laughs> um. So. Okay, that really has to be that. That would be the gold ring. They would go fabulously with his red product loafers. The red, uh, the red ring, whatever it is. What's the what color is the ring? The ring is brass. The metal is gold. What ring? I was saying that'd be the gold ring, but I think I meant to say gold metal and/or brass ring. The point is, this would be the most successful and most infamous rickroll of all. All right, I'm now putting the word out now. I demand that the Pope have Rick Astley sprung upon him at some point. Excellent, fantastic. Wait a minute, I'm not done yet. Okay, keep playing that. And lower the volume just a little bit here. 
Dopo il grande Papa Giovanni Paolo II, After our great Pope John Paul II i signori cardinali hanno eletto me un semplice umile lavoratore nella vigna del Signore. Fantastic. That must now be the goal of every good nerd. Do it. Make it happen. Right, I later. love having this as our song on our MySpace page because I can always just find. Oh yeah. Fantastic. We should put this underneath Richie's next to uh, next to face lancing. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. American Airlines pilots are protesting in demonstrations across this great land today in Chicago. American pilot Dennis Stager says. They want management to address the airline's poor performance in 2007. They say uh, management is cutting costs in the wrong place. The cost-cutting measures that, have, that management has taken on has decreased the margin of safety, and that's our concern. Well, there is a margin of safety by giving good bonuses to people at the top. Their decisions to take these bonuses is not commensurate with what is best for American Airlines and our future. I, I, recommend, a, I recommend a 29% raise, Tim. So do I. And slow internet connections. <laughs> That's the way to stay on top of things. It makes uh, us more competitive, you know. Uh, this email says, Rick, I understand your desire to have something named after you, but you must realize that this can backfire. I'm guessing the Puyallup man was probably named after someone, and they're probably regretting that association right now. <laughs> the bomb true. guy. He said, not to demean anybody, but I'm going to be naming my children Robocop, Carl Weathers, and Mussolini. If there are more, I might consider using the name Emmers Emerson. All right, thank you, sir. Um... Hey, uh, Richie Bristol, I hate to do this, but uh, can you uh, can you join us here in the studio for just a moment? I I have a small task for you. I try never to do this, but I'm out of water. And I can't drink. But you expect me to drink this coffee hot? Uh, so, uh, all right, Richie, if you could, uh, I'm sorry, if you could please fill that, that'd be great. Right. Fill it with what? With water. Okay. Nothing from your face, please. Uh-oh. All right, here's Tim Riley. And the Pope has just landed. Really? In Washington, D.C. <laughs> okay. The Pope has landed. The Pope has landed. Uh, the Country Music Awards were held last night. Actually, the CMT Awards, so that's Country Music Television. Not to be confused with the CMA Awards. Which, which is the Country Music Association Awards. Right. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus explains the music he and uh, Miley make, and they say it's all about passion because you have to Ew. Oh. passion. It's, that's, that's why we and make sweat. our music. That's why we make the show. That's why we do what we do. It's about passion. And, and Miss Queen. The passion and the love of what we do is transcending and translates to the audience. Nobody's paying attention. No, and I think we've mentioned this before. Thank you, Richie Bristol. I appreciate that. Um, I think we've mentioned that they have the same haircut. I think they're on the same TV show. I'm pretty sure they've been on the same records now a few times. I'm pretty sure they're on the same tour. Mm -hmm. And didn't she actually just change her name to be Miley Ray Cyrus and his is Billy Ray Cyrus? Yes. Doesn't that seem to you a bit, little bit like it's a... It is just a weird... Un, like just very un, off-putting relationship. I was going to say it does seem, and I'm just speaking for everybody now. It does. It does seem exceptionally close. They do seem to have a special bond. They do seem to have an exceptionally special and close. They both smoke Winston Red. Father daughter bond. Tim, do you have him uh, again explaining what it's all about? Yeah. The first couple. Their relationship is all about what? Passion. It's all about passion. Okay. It's passion. It's, that's, that's why we make our music. That's why we make the show. Fantastic. That's why we do what we do. It's about passion. And I think the passion and the love of what we do Quit is saying that. transcending and translates to the audience. 
Jason, what is he broadcasting at a zoo? There's just, there's just nobody there listening to him. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, well-known and well-liked rock and roll guitar player has been arrested. He now faces DUI and child endangerment charges. Is this when they say he's well-known and well-liked? Is this a little bit of publicist spin coming up before the fact, right before they tell us he's been accused of something awful? Yes, Richie Zamboa failed a field sobriety test March 25th after he was pulled over on PCH. A spokesman for the Orange County DA's office, Farrah Amati, says the case is now being turned over to the DA. I think she's an insect. Mr. Richard Zambora, and we're reviewing the case at this time to determine if charges are appropriate. No, no, no. Hold on. I, I think we need a little bit more trouble there. Can we possibly make her voice a little bit tinnier? All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. We are halfway done with today's show. Yes. It goes by really fast. It does. What have we done? What have we used this time for today? Nothing more than usual. Have we? <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly how we do it. Do we do this every day? I'll have to go for two more hours, but you're trying to convince people to name their children after you. Have we? Look, I'm just trying to leave a legacy, Sarah. I'd like to leave That's something true, behind. That's true, because Tim and my, uh, our legacy is already there. That's what I'm saying. You guys, you will live forever. It's been assured. Uh, let's see. Um, Rick, how likely is it that I will be... Now, see, why do people send me emails like this? Because now I have to be honest. This is from Corey. Corey says about Rick Emerson Listener Party uh, 11. We'll talk more about that here in a short while. How likely is it that I will be carded if I try to get into the Listener Party? I was considering trying to get in, but I'm only 20. I definitely look 21. Do I have a shot? Do not try to get in if you're not 21. We are telling you right now, on air and for the record, that we respect all laws. We respect the OLCC and all liquor regulations. So if you are not of legal drinking age... Uh, you will not be given admittance, nor should you try to gain admittance to Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. So there you go. I have now said that on the record. There is nothing I can do. Your life is your own. You have, as the Mormon Church would you say, sir, free now. you are a free agent, sir. And what you do is between you and your God. I, however, uh, do not advocate, promote, endorse, condone, or encourage any violation of any law, state, federal, or the law of God. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Rick, more importantly, is Storm pregnant or not? Oh, I hadn't even mentioned that. And then here's another one. Rick, um, I bet you're not mentioning the Storm thing today for a reason. Is Storm pregnant? You need to talk about it. Wait here, hold on. Here's, I think we have one more here somewhere. Uh, this one said, um, Rick, so what about that last call you got yesterday? It was just as you were signing off and you were regretting you got that call without time to pursue it. So a guy called us yesterday. At the, it was, the, in fact, the final call of the day. And what we, did he want? Well, I forget what he initially called about, uh, but we said, hello, hi, you know, last call of the day, don't suck or whatever. And, um, and he, he said, oh, by the way, did you go to see Storm Friday at Dante's? And I said, no, I was actually performing at the Aladdin on Friday. I wasn't able to go. But I know Storm and the Balls were performing along with Cleveland. And I said, uh, no, I wasn't able to go. What, you know, why? And he said, well, Storm indicated on stage, this is the way he put it. This is his phrase. He said, Storm Large, our good friend, indicated on stage that she is, quote, with child. Maybe Storm can name her son after me. I mean, if she had one or was, you know, having one, which I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm, know. Sarah? I'll just pass that one over to you well, while I drink some coffee. You know, whatever is going on with Storm, it's really not for any of us to say. Of course it's I for just us say, to say. No, I just say that, like, you know, whatever she... 
wants to say, because this is just hearsay right now, so whatever she feels comfortable saying about it, I'm sure she can say for herself. I don't, I don't feel like it's my place to speculate either way. Now, right now it's hearsay. By the end of the, by, by the end of the day, it could be a full-fledged rumor. Okay, so you're not, so we, so we're the, the official position of the Rick Emerson show, vis-a-vis uh, -vis Storm's alleged uh, pregnancy is what? No comment. Okay, there you go. Done and done. No comment. I'm not from saying. Us. Yeah, I'm not saying she isn't. I'm not saying she is. I'm just saying. All right. We are neither for it nor against it, sir. We are. It's we are her. recusing ourselves from comment on that story at this time. Maybe she'll come in sometime this week and clear it up for well, us. Well, maybe. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, this month marks the arrival of new albums from not one but two music divas. Mariah Carey's E equals MC2 is out today. Evadonna's Hard Candy is set to come out. On the 29th, Entertainment Weekly staff writer Margot Watson says such an occurrence is a rare animal indeed. It's exciting because given the fact that sales are down so much in the music industry, like moments like this are great. And, you know, it's always like it mobilizes the fans, like Mariah's fans, to go out and make sure that her album does better than Madonna's and vice versa. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, or her payola people. <laughs> now, Mariah Carey has the upper hand. Uh, because there are people with deep wallets out there. Not only does her album come out earlier, and Madonna's doesn't come out until April 29th, but also her single is doing well. You know, they both drop singles in advance of the album release dates, and Mariah's single, Touch My Body, just instantly kind of zoomed to number one. It's a good idea when you're giving press sound bites for a living, always try to just speak through your nose. Always try to never actually open your mouth when you no, speak. No, no, no. <laughs> doesn't, that, doesn't that sound like a soundbite from some sort of metallic winged insect? That sounds like a thing that would be buzzing in your ear in some sort of Borg hive. Jesus. All right. Here's, uh, Tim is funny. Here's, here's, yes. <laughs> Mariah Carey, it says here, will sell more albums than Madonna. It's already been decided. She's hitting all the marks to make sure this album does well. Because it's like when you do Oprah, it gives you a huge boost. When you do Idol, it gives you a huge boost. And she has the number one single. Whatever. All right. That horrible song that we played the other day? Touch my body. I'm going to quit caring about this story right now. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. By the way, here, here's what's still to come today. So we'll talk to uh, – do we hear back about Steve Kastenbaum? Uh, let me chee. Let me chee. Let me chee. <laughs> Hold on. Let me chee right now. Let me, let me chee. Wait just a second. Okay. Chakra <laughs> opening. All right. Steve is on the way back to the Bureau. Are you still interested in using him? This yes, time? we are. We want to use Steve whenever right, possible. Dan just sent that. All right. Uh, we so, use as many people as possible. Uh, so we will... What uh, time do you want? One time? Uh, yeah, sure. So Steve Castum, I'm coming up. Uh, James Roop, top five. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. We're still searching for the, the right voice for the news bot. I've got uh, some of these roast samples to play. I've got uh, my, bad, uh, my bad production uh, real stuff that we have to play at some point, too. Here's Tim Riley. A man who threatened neighbors with a meat cleaver has been told by a judge that he drinks too much. Kevin Kidd appeared in court charged with harassing his ex-wife. Uh, the court heard uh, how Kidd, who pled guilty to the charge, made threatening phone calls to his ex-wife when he was drunk. Uh, his ex-wife was getting uh, plenty of phone calls. He threatened her a number of times in unpleasant ways. He was clearly drunk. He would attack her. He said he would attack her with an axe. Police were later called, and he was arrested. Uh, the court also heard how Kidd threatened neighbors last year when he was staying uh, with his father on a neighborhood street. Kidd threatened neighbors with a meat cleaver after they complained about his loud music. You know what happens when people turn up loud music. Uh, so, uh, yeah, people who met with him recreated what it was like to be attacked with a walking stick. Apparently, he hit some people with that. He swore and screamed at them. He came out with a meat cleaver after the walking stick and shouted, I'll kill you. 
Excellent. His father calmed him down and pushed him back into the house. I like a guy who's got a mission statement, though. What are you going to do? I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seamount says, hey, uh, about that opening you just played. And that was uh, this is actually an email from some time ago. But we played the show opening that is a master mix of, let's see. Yes, Richie, we oh. can all see your nipples. Not that. <laughs> uh, it's the... Uh... So this is the audio from Richie's home surgery on his face. <laughs> that's the part, that's the best part right there. Is the sort of drawn out like glottal. So this is what we. All right. So that's so that's what we started the program with. Um, this sucks. I'm trying to write back down, and my mailbox is too full, even though I have nothing in it, and I can't send. Is that your CBS mail? Yeah. That's more. That's more of that. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna call him really quick. Yeah. You also, at some point, you're gonna have to delete everything in your sent and deleted items folders. Okay. That's what I had to do it, it, it because we have. Uh, I do believe here at CBS. This is not an exaggeration. I'm not saying this for comedic purposes. I do believe uh, that we have three megs of storage. Keep in mind that my Yahoo Mail, for which I pay nothing, which actually runs for free, has unlimited storage. Yes. I could put like 10 gigs in there. I could store the entire contents of the Louvre in there. Here at CBS, three megs. Anyway, uh, this email says, Rick, hey, this is just uh, this is what just happened to me. You went into break with that hideous Richie porn thing. By the way, sir, we should note for the record, and for any federal officials who might be listening, that is in no way uh, a porn sounder. And nothing there is of a sexual nature. Uh, nothing there comes from any sort of blue or adult film. There are actually no pornographic noises of any kind there. He says, you went into break of that hideous Richie porn song, and my phone was ringing. It was my shrink calling to reschedule an appointment. I couldn't get to the radio right away, so there's that awful groaning and moaning in the background while I'm talking to my shrink. I guess, uh, this is from a married man, by the way, so I guess I know what we'll be talking about in the next session. Uh, well done. No, 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 thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Live stretch for blocks outside phone stores yesterday as ordinary Cubans were allowed to sign up for cellular phone service for the first time. The contracts cost $120, half a year's wages. And that doesn't include a phone or credit to make or receive calls. Still, lines form before the center is open and the wait grew to more than an hour wait. It's great. It's really great. I want to be the first to sign up, said one. Oh, by the way, you can't talk all day because it's too expensive. It's only, hello, I'm here, goodbye, where were you, and then you hang up. <laughs> I have not been killed by secret police. So, I don't know what they're going to talk about once they do get their phone. By the way, this is only a list to sign up for phones. So, is it impressive where you are? Ha, ha, ha. How hungry are you? More than me? <laughs> what are you in line for? Toilet paper, less splintery today than normal. Uh, let's see. All right, so no go for 410. That's another time. That's fine. You know what? That's it. We'll, we'll just, uh, yeah. well, what is he talking about? The Pope? I don't I think know. we've wrung all the content out of the Pope today. We can. I made Bob Costantini squirm, and then we played Rick Astley. So, I mean, really. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what have we got? Uh, so, uh, let's, uh, let's plunge on ahead with the news. I'm keeping an eye on the clock here so we don't run out of time. There's some crap we want to do uh, later on today. Here's Tim Riley. I don't believe this. Bill Cosby is set to make a hip-hop album. Yes, he's branching out into the new genre with a hip-hop album. He's 70 years old, best known for his role in the sitcom The Cosby Show. He'll release Cosby Narratives Volume 1, State of Emergency, next month. This album will blend his stories with a hip-hop, pop, and jazz soundtrack. But fans of the star, who is also a comedian producer, might be disappointed to hear what he does. He's not rapping himself. Instead, uh, instead, he's invited guest rappers to provide the rhymes and challenge the stereotypes of hip-hop music. I don't rap on any of these things, he said. I wouldn't know how to rap or fix his mouth 
to do any of those words. He added that the album is opposite of what I think is profanity for no particular reason. Uh, the track list was put together by Cosby's music partner, Bill Spaceman Peterson. Cosby made the album as a companion for his best-selling book, Come On, People, On the Path from Victims to Victors. This, this is getting more boring. This is, <laughs> this is a really exciting story, Tim. It really is. Let's pursue it all the way to the end of the page. So get the new Cosby uh, CD about rap music, won't you? And maybe we can source everywhere. Maybe we can get him on the show. Oh, by the way, uh, upcoming guests, we're going to be talking to Roger Klein from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Are we talking to Charlie Murphy at some point? We sure are, Rick Emerson. When is that happening? Do you I know? I even bought advertising to advertise about. Actually, um, good Charlie for them. Murphy. This um, is where you reach uh, the young people. Charlie Murphy, Tuesday, April 22nd at 2 p.m. And then Roger Klein, Monday, April... Oh, next Monday. Yeah. Uh, also, we're going to be speaking to Jonathan Colton, uh, the guy behind the song Code Monkey. Uh, Roger, and, did you get uh, that all set up? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's going to be uh, sometime next week. I think that's going to be next Thursday, something like that. Uh, let's see. Why, hello. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, hey. Question for you. Yes, I, uh, I was away on vacation last week, so I'm still getting caught up with the podcast, but did you guys at all cover last week that the New York Mets at Shea Stadium got rickrolled? Yeah, uh, I think we talked about that a little bit, uh, and it was oh. all over the net that they had that somebody had okay. planted the Rick Astley song uh, oh, yeah, at, at Mets Stadium, which is great. Yeah, it was a massive like write-in campaign for their uh, seventh-inning stretch song for the rest of the season, and that first song that that the the uh, the uh, fans got to choose was uh, Rick the, uh, the Rick Roll. Can I just funny. two things here? A, don't you think it would just be a phenomenal achievement? And maybe I mean after this we would just retire Rick Astley forever if we could uh, somehow get it played at the Pope's Mass. Oh, I, that would be that that would be the epitome. I, that would that would make it worthy to retire. I mean, yeah. we have to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. There's, I mean, you know, AV geeks all stick together. Uh, all audiovisual nerds are brothers under the skin. So it yeah. seems like there ought to be. Somebody, where is the Pope speaking, Tim? Uh, Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. So, I mean, it seems like we ought to know somebody who knows a guy who knows maybe the person who's setting up the sound for Yankee Stadium. How satisfying would it be just in front of 65,000 over-serious Catholics who really need to lighten up about many things anyway to suddenly have Rick Astley blaring at them during the middle of a, of a mass led by the Pope? Speaking that, of, of lightening up, did you see the video of the Shea Stadium rickroll? No, no, I didn't. I read oh. about it. I didn't. I didn't see well, it though. Dude, they were booing because because uh, the announcer pretty much let them know that the joke was on them. That it was a right. It was an internet write-in campaign. Fantastic. And, uh, all those all those you know tight whatever New Yorkers couldn't take the joke with Excellent. a bunch of just tools. So yeah. there you go. Fantastic. All right, thank you, my friend. Yeah. All right, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. So a man is accused of handcuffing his new bride to a dog cage. This happened in Vegas, but it won't stay in Vegas. Uh, Police Lieutenant uh, Greg Bordeaux says 28-year-old Matthew George also fired gunshots inside his home. His wife, Mary, was not injured. Uh, George was found in a car pulled to the side of the road early Sunday in a neighboring township. Uh, George had taken a large amount of pills and was hospitalized at a city hospital. He, was, he wasn't at the hospital yesterday. He faced a charge of abduction, assault, and domestic violence. And he just got married. Uh, let's see here. That's story twice. I can't do that. Oh, there's this new thing out. An elaborate organized theft ring is using a never-before-seen device to hack gas station pumps and steal unlimited amounts of gasoline. At least five cars filled with members of an alleged gas pump hacker gang was spotted bypassing pumps at gas stations in Florida. One of the operatives got out used a computerized device to bypass the pumps so he could pump as much gas as he wanted. Where was this happening? Florida. 
It's not even fair. I don't even I don't even have the soundbite in front of I me. I thought that you would have already fixed that. No, all I can play is the... Yes, Richie, we can all see your nipples. That's all I can... Thanks. Thanks so much. So investigators say the group scattered, jumped into the vehicles, and drove in different directions. One vehicle remained and tried to run over an officer. He wound up striking the officer in the ribs and arms, knocking him backwards. But they caught that guy. So they're running around to various gas stations. I don't know what this device entails. But apparently you you bypass whatever's at the pump and fill up whatever you want. Well, it's, you know, this is one of those things where the, the technology and the criminals are always sort of in this arms race. There used to be, and I think this this is this wasn't the case up you know after the late 80s. I think they modified it then. But there was, in the 60s and 70s, there was this gang of thieves that hit Las Vegas because they had a master key that would open any slot machine. And this is sort of back when slot machines were still mechanical inside. I mean, right, when you, you pull the handle on a slot machine now, and it, there's just a microchip inside. When you pull the handle, all it does is it, it you know, it, it activates the microchip, and the microchip already knows whether you're going to win or not. And the dials sort of spin just for your own amusement. Uh, but, but it's already been calculated. But uh, up until about the mid-'80s, slot machines were still mechanical. It was all gears and spindles and wheels and sprockets and whatever inside. And there was this guy named John Soares who led a, uh, a sort of a casino ripoff ring. And one of the things they had was this master key that you plug into the side of a slot machine where the lock was, and you could reach inside and set the, uh, the you know, the whatever, the, the reels. And so the, what they would do is they would all gather around the slot machine as though they were watching a friend of theirs play, and somebody would just be, you know, putting quarters in and feeding the machine. Meanwhile, they're secretly putting a key in the side, opening it, reaching inside, and setting it to pay off on the next pull, then they would all vanish. The guy would wait about 30 seconds, put in a quarter, pull the thing, and win like however much there was. So this is always one of those things that they're able to do uh, until they get caught on film, and then they suddenly, you know, it's one of those cracks in the system that only exists until somebody knows about it, and then it gets plugged. So, all right. Well, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, the French are adopting a groundbreaking bill that would make it legal for anyone, including fashion magazines, advertisers, and websites, to publicly incite extreme thinness. Uh, they've approved the bill, and it won unanimous support. Fashion industry experts said that if passed, the law would be the strongest of its kind anywhere. Uh, leaders in France are opposed to the idea of legal boundaries on beauty standards. The bill was the largest and strongest measure proposed after the 2006 uh, linked death of a Brazilian model prompted efforts throughout the international fashion industry to arrest, uh, address the repercussions of ultra-thin models. Something must be done about them. You know how the French are. Then one of France's most uh, famous former movie bombshells is back today. Bridget Bardot was on trial for the fifth time for inciting racial hatred. The course involves the former sex kitten from her comments about the Muslim community in which she said, quote, they're destroying our country and imposing their own acts. So, you know how crazy the French are. Uh, more than four pounds of warts are removed from a man. Uh, <gasps> no. Should we bring Richie in here to read this? <laughs> uh, Okay, go ahead. I brace myself. Doctors have removed more than four pounds of warts from an Indonesian man, dubbed the Tree Man. Now, are these are these two warts of two pounds each, or are these uh, like four hundred warts that are like an ounce each? Do you suppose? I guess altogether. But I mean, it's more impressive, don't you think, if it's a huge bag full of tiny warts? Well, these are described as bark-like growths. Oh, I don't want to have bark-like growths. Okay, I'm sorry. go ahead. Uh, so oh. And now you can... Oh, no, I don't even want to read this. Yes, you do. Well, he can wear flip-flops now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It, it Where did you before. find the story? No, but let's back up. What didn't... Is that the sentence you didn't want to read? No, that's the end of the story. What What context? I don't know. What do you mean he can wear flip-flops now? Well, apparently he couldn't before. Why? 
Well, because do you want me to read it? Four pound warts. But I mean, do you? Well, sure. You're into this more than I am. <laughs> into what, Tim? Well, human growths. And, <laughs> and, and <laughs> My interests include human growths and Italian food. All right. Can I? Do you want me to read it? Sure. Go ahead. All right. I mean, you find these more interesting than I do. Buck melanoma. Molly Russell's wart. Uh, let's see. Dede Corsara can now hold a pen and see the outline of his toes for the first time in more than a decade. Wow. After surgeons began removing huge warts from his limbs. Uh, oh, God, this is full of horrible phrases. That's why I gave it to you. You like <laughs> Okay, but this is actually a link. I, it's a piece of paper, so I can't click it. This, here's, what the, here's what the link is labeled. Click here to see photos of his bark-like growths. <laughs> no. Um, no. Let's see. Um, within a, this can't be real. Of course it is. I am calling shenanigans on this right now. You know why? Because this is too perfect. <laughs> There's no way is it like the donkey real. story? Listen to this. I'll have you know I got that from the Fox News side. How could it not be real? The warts appeared on Koswara's skin after he cut himself at the age of 15. Within a decade, this is how you know it can't be real because this... There's no way that this would exist in a real world. It's too perfect. Within a decade, the growths had grown so large he had to quit his job as a fisherman and join a freak show to support himself. That must be a fun conversation at the unemployment office. So, uh, what are your skills? Well, I'm covered in warts. And, uh... I know how to stitch. I mean, what... Well, let's see. We've got... Your choices are freak show... Weekender, that's about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Koswara told the British newspaper uh, that since having the warts removed from his limbs this year, he had become addicted to Sudoku puzzles and can walk around without pain. <laughs> that doesn't make... Yeah, that's, that's more indication the story is made up. What does that have to do... Why would you not be able to play Sudoku? How many warts would you have to have and where would they have Maybe to be? Maybe they're on his hands. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that... Oh, so he couldn't hold... So he couldn't hold the pen. No. All right. Uh, let's see. Koswara hopes uh, said he hopes to live a normal life uh, after these surgeries. What I really want, uh, what I really want first is to get better and find a girl. He said. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Did you look at the picture? I kind of want to look at the picture. Koswara's father said, "Hey, it's great. You can now see the form of all ten toes. He can wear flops." Hey, sir, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? If you were a tree. What kind of... That's a... Never mind. That's a news joke. Get it. Oh. That's a Barbara Walters joke. Sorry, I thought Tim would at least laugh at that. Maybe later. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. That, that story you were reading is true about the Bark guy, because I saw a story on Discovery about him. So... When I mean, have you seen a picture of him? No, but when they could... say, is his bark worse than his bite... I would think so. I'm so, I'm just doing the best I can. No one finds any of this funny. Uh, when they say bark, what is it you're sort of talking? What are they What are they talking well, about? Well, it looks like, if you look at the guy, he looks like a tree. He does look like a tree. I'm looking at this. Yeah, because <laughs> he has, so like, where his, his legs and his feet, it, they that just grew, real. grew and grew, and it looks like tree bark. Those are his All hands. Right, hold right. on. Those are his hands. Like, seriously, look at this. All right. I call shenanigans. They showed it on that. They showed him actually doing surgery on him. He belongs I mean, in the Oregon Forestry Museum. <laughs> I. He's the swamp thing. I mean, here's okay. Here's my question: Where? What country is he in? Indonesia. 
Indonesia. That's lots yeah. of weird things. Tim, is it what kind there. of country is, is Indonesia? Is this a two-faced baby country? Is it not yeah. India? No, oh. it's a third-world country. It has 300 million poor people. Is Indonesia a third-world? No, no, no. We yes, don't call them anymore. We call them yeah, developing nations. So. Oh. so is this a place where they don't it have... It's a changing country. Oh, I don't have it's modern a, medicine. It's a country in transition, Tim. Yes. Uh, so, because, I mean, wouldn't you... Let me just say, like if one of your hands became tree-like, don't you think you go to a doctor or something? Well, okay, yeah, fair he's enough. In a, he's in a freak show because he, he makes money going in a freak show. That's how he supports his family. Well, those who can do. Those who can't, right. I guess, sit next to the bearded lady. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, there's that guy. Bark worse than his bite. It is kind of a bearded lady country. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have? The people are just sending me pictures of the of the tree guy now. Um, yeah, here's wart pictures. Wart guy. Wart guy. <laughs> They've all got the same subject line. Wart guy. All right. Uh, Rick, I can't believe you guys haven't heard of the warty tree man guy. Here's a link to an article, and you'll see from the pictures just how much you do not want what this guy has. Okay. Uh, duly noted, sir. During the next break, I'll uh, I'll take a look. Uh, by the way, this uh, email says. Uh, this email says, uh, oh, this is something about Richie. This email says, for the love of God, take a break already. My bladder is about to explode. Please, really. Jesus, come on. No, 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 just for that, we're going to do two more. Here's Tim Riley. Well, okay, I had an, another story here. What did they do with it? It's, no, here it is. Uh, somebody's stealing some ladies' fishing. Three times a lady. What? What? <laughs> I'm just still working on tree puns. Sorry, go ahead. Are they are they finding a new treatment for him? Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. An Overy business owner is offering a reward to help catch the crooks that are stealing her fish. Michelle Stewart runs the Springbrook Coey Farm, and she says three times in the past several weeks, uh, crooks have been coming into her property and netting dozens of her fish. She believes the crooks know what they're looking for, breeder fish that can fetch big bucks. During one of the thefts, she believes the crooks dropped pet treats on the ground to distract her dogs and to keep them from barking. Hmm. She's offering a $5,000 reward, and she'd like her fish returned. Uh, two tramway buses were involved in an early morning crash. Where was the first one? Uh, one was at the intersection of Southeast 17th and McLaughlin. The other was at Southeast Foster Road and Lafayette. One caused a chain reaction crash. It involved two or more vehicles. So that so it would cause your early morning commuting problems. Is that the, so? There were two of them. Two of them. But were they both in the same? Where was the first one? Uh, let's see. The first one is Southeast Foster in Lafayette. The other is at Southeast Seventeenth in McLaughlin. So that's exactly that's the one I was talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was unreal how bad that traffic was. And I know that I've said this before, but I really do believe that in the however long decade or something that I've been commuting here. I do believe this morning was the worst morning traffic I have ever had. I mean, it was unbelievable how bad it was. Do one more. We'll take a break. We'll come back at the bottom of the hour. More from Jim Riley. Uh, and uh, we get the top five coming up. Jim Roop and all that. Here's uh, Tim. Here's a penis watch. Here's your penis watch. Uh, forever. For uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio take Program. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. Everything is going my way. Let's count to us from Manila in the Philippines. A housewife cut off her husband's penis while he was sleeping in their house to ensure his fidelity. A police officer, Roly Lapata, says Lindley Barbados had long suspected that her husband was having affairs, prompting her to cut off his organ while he was asleep. 
Uh, Roly Lapata said neighbors uh, took the screaming victim, a 32-year-old man named Jolito, to a nearby hospital after the attack. Yeah. Jolito underwent several hours of surgery so his organ could be reattached, but the hospital spokesman says there was no assurance that he'll be able to perform sexually again. After all, this is the Philippines. He denied he was cheating on his wife and said he would not file charges against her. Why do guys in the story never file charges? He wanted to keep his family intact. For the sake of the children, he has four. I think keeping things intact is, that ship has sailed. Guy, every time we have a story about what happened, well, I was asleep and she came in with knitting shears and cut off my, uh, cut off my member. It always ends. But I love her. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's, oh, no, 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 she's a good woman. No, 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 she's a great mother. I'm going to keep her around. That's, that is exact, that is the, totally the equivalent of the woman who bails the husband out of jail after, you know, kicking her down the stairs. He's a good man. No, 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 he's. He's just misunderstood. You should see when we're alone together. He's totally you different. Don't, you don't see... Exactly. That's what you always hear, too. Uh-huh. Every... No, no, no. You don't see the side of him that I see. Everybody else only see. I don't... They, you don't see the tender side of him. And it, it's always because there really is no tender side. Mm-hmm. There's there's just different shades of, uh, you know, a bastard. Uh, but every, well, he seems like a real... Uh, he seems like a real ass. You know? No, no, no. That's just his public facade. No, no, no. He's... He's really very sweet and charming when you're alone, which is never true. All right. Uh, should we take a break? Sure. Yeah. We'll take a break. Let's we'll let come... our listeners go to the bathroom. Uh, we can... Let's all go to the bathroom. All right. That's better. That was weird. 503-733-2970. Back after this. Uh, still to come. Top five. Uh, bad production crap from my old demo. Uh, real. We have Jim Roop coming up and more from Tim Riley. Stay there. As we There goes the last DJ who plays what he wants to play and says what he wants to say. Hi, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Thank you for coming by, Rick. About the tree guy. Sounds like you couldn't see the forest for the hymn. Yeah, I don't know. That's no. These tree puns are going poorly. I'm uh, I'm working. I'm trying too hard. It's just they're not there. It'll I just come naturally to you. I, I, I can't. I can't create what doesn't exist. There's only so much clay to work with there. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now from the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Well, there's more teenage girl violence out there, apparently. Uh, this time it happened at the ever-so-stylish Bridgeport Village last Friday. Uh-oh. I didn't think you had violence at Bridgeport Village, Tim. Apparently, this is some new thing. People are bringing their inner city ways to the suburbs. I'm being imported to where you live. A tired woman said a group of unruly teenagers attacked her while she tried to defend her son at the Bridgeport Village. These girls beat up this one boy. So uh, the parents get a frantic phone call from their 14-year-old son. Uh, He told them a large group of teenagers started bullying him as he left a movie theater at the Tualatin Shopping Center. They surrounded me. They kept poking me. And apparently he was scared. And the security guard told him to ignore the teens. The group kept antagonizing him, so the parents arrived. Uh, the mother said the group 
attacked her while she tried to protect her son, and there were several girls jumping on top of the mother. They were kicking and punching her and pulling her hair. Is there something trying where... Trying to pound her face into the cement. Where girls are going crazy? At Bridgeport Village. I don't know what it is. Well, what was... My question, what, is, what was the security guard securing, exactly? Well, you know, they're the, those old people who, who are, like, around the max. You kids, move along now. So, so the, the, is this is a boy that comes out? Yeah, of a movie theater. A, a bunch of girls jump on him yes. and start pounding on him. Yes. Not in not in a sexy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the security guard just says, "Ignore it." Yes. There you go. Well done, Gramps. Jesus. So, uh, oh, finally, the mall security broke up the brawl and called the police. The mall gave seven teenagers trespassing notices, and the mall officials say the teens won't be allowed back on mall property for the next thirty days. Uh. So uh, parents uh, shouldn't let the upscale stores and the fem- family-friendly atmosphere of Bridgeport Village give them a false sense of security. They want people to realize that when they drop their kids off of Bridgeport Village, they're not always safe. Taking your life in your own hands. So there. It's under investigation. What more is there in- to investigate? I, don't, I, I really don't know the answer to that. All right. Uh, so China is mad at Jack Cafferty on CNN. Apparently, uh, Cafferty said that the United States imported Chinese-made junk with lead paint in them and poisoned pet food, and they're basically the same bunch of goons and thanks they've been for the past 50 years. So uh, let's see what Jack had to say on this. Some of the pro-China elements. What, from where is this? Jack, is that this is a very different China today. Is this clean? Than existed 10 I years ago, so. certainly 20 yes, or 30 years ago. This communist regime today is almost like a capitalist well, regime. They're a huge economic This sounds really great, Tim. Well yeah, chosen. Let's play it louder. economic relationship with China. Well, I don't know if China's any different, but our relationship with China is certainly different. We're in talk to the Chinese up to our eyeballs because of the war in Iraq, for one thing. I don't know what we're listening to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. Well, you get the gist of it, don't you? Yes. Apparently, we're having problems with the audio today. Not our fault, mind you. Uh, All right. I'm just going to bring that back every now at slack moments in the... So the Chinese want an apology for being called goons and that their products are junk. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Well, that's all I have to say about that story. <laughs> <laughs> I can pot that up at any moment and something great is happening. Thank you. <laughs> it really is it's like some horrible metallic mosquito being jammed into my ear when that woman talks. Jesus. <laughs> for a hick watch. Here's your hick watch for uh, whatever the hell today is Tuesday. The Rick Emerson radio program. How about this? The Bart guy needs a girl that's a real tree hugger. That made me laugh. Needs a girl that's a real tree hugger. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, This comes to us from Sandusky, Ohio, America's heartland. An Ohio patrolman dressed in a handmade Ku Klux Klan outfit... Well, on duty, has been suspended without pay. Okay. Well, another trooper who forwarded a cell phone photo of the trooper in costume has been demoted. Hmm. 
Uh, Craig Franklin is a 12-year veteran of the, the Ohio uh, Highway Patrol. He is pictured in a photo with a white cone on his head, a white paper mask with eye holes, and a white cloth covering his shoulders. All those that would signify a Ku Klux Klan outfit. I, I do believe so. <laughs> <laughs> or else he's simply a, a dunce who wishes to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. So apparently, people continually, regardless of age, <laughs> get themselves in trouble by photographing each other. You know what we ought to do? And put, putting them online. <laughs> and have <laughs> no idea why people consider this to be wrong behavior. No, you have a cone at home and a mask. Aren't they both white? I know you have a camera and the Internet. Wait, what could we do with all of these things? Uh, where was this at? A Sandusky, Is it, Please tell me there's a photo of the guy in the quote, homemade, ca- as opposed to the kind you buy from the store. Is there like a, is there some catalog from where I would buy a clan robe if I didn't want to have to go to the trouble of making my own? I guess you could travel to Sandusky. And is there, and in the, in the world of the clan, is there more respect for people who make their own? Is that sort of a, do you, is it kind of like a homemade Halloween costume versus the kind you buy at Woolworths for three ninety nine? If you show up at a Klan rally, it's just something you just got off the rack at Bigots R Us. Is there? Are you lower in the hierarchy? All right. Is that the uh, Hick Watch? That is the Hick Watch. All right, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that's your Hick Watch for. Uh, I just got an email from Davey Nipples about Storm. Really? What is it? To, mm-hmm. Does he clarify one way or the other? Well, he sent this picture. Oh, Dave, why? why? Davey just sent a picture of himself wearing a negligee. <laughs> why does he do those things? Why? Why, Davey? <laughs> I suppose. It's not about that fellow in Bend. Uh, all right. I'm trying to, uh, by the way, as we sort of move on, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to find, and I don't know where, where it is. It's this uh, horrible... Um, television commercial that Meatloaf did. Have you seen that? Oh, yes. No. It's um, it's this awful uh, TV commercial that Meatloaf recently did. I, I'm not even sure what, what it's for. Oh, I guess it's for the Go phone. Is that like one of those, is that like a prepaid cell phone thing? Oh, for Cubans? Yes. No. Like the whole commercial just makes me sad. I thought yeah, on Meatloaf's TV. doing a, an ad for Cubans. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I could sing like Meatloaf. I, there was some, some sort of singing joke I could do there. It's him and who's the... Is it Tiffany? I think so. Well, or somebody, Amy Grant, one I, of the two? Tiffany or Amy Grant. Um, the uh, Somebody told me... I only saw a little bit of it. Let's see if I can find it on the YouTube. Let's see. Go phone. Uh, somebody told me that it was... A that, bird. It was Meatloaf and somebody or other, but I don't know if it's Tiffany. So let's see if I, I can get this to load. So this is... Um, so this is the commercial. I've got it right here. It's, okay. uh, it's Meatloaf, and they don't say who else is in the spot. But it's it, the, the it commercial is, is it's apparently called Paradise by the Go Phone, really, by the Go Phone Light. It rips my soul out. I only heard, like, the smallest little section of it. Let's now watch the whole thing, shall we? So this is uh, Meatloaf, apparently in a commercial for the Go Phone. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. I, gotta, I have to turn off the sound of Richie grunting. All right. Hey, Dad, I want a Go Phone. So this is... Is that Meatloaf? No, no, no. That's the, that's the kid. Oh. So I guess this is Meatloaf's son, and they're working in the garage together, as men do. The little loaf. The, the, um, uh, so um, our best to Mrs. Loaf and all the little loaves. So this is Meatloaf's presumed kid in the spot talking to Meatloaf, who has his back to the camera and then turns around. So the kid, it starts off with the kid sweeping, and then the kid says, Dad, I want a go phone. 
Hey, Dad, I want a go phone. Let me sleep on it. Oh, God. Okay, and then Tiffany of I Think We're Alone Now and uh, Saw Him Standing There fame just walked in for no readily apparent reason. I'm not even really sure that they identify her. This isn't even halfway over. Jesus. Why does this exist? Do you realize this spot has 45 seconds left to go? <laughs> it, what, is, what has already seemed like 9 or 10 minutes has really only been 44 seconds. Why is Tiffany in this commercial? I know they're pretending to be married, too. That's kind of creepy. All right, I, I can't listen anymore. Yeah, it well, just, that's really it awful. just hurts. It hurts. That's like a minute I'll never get back. Here's Tim Riley. Well, drug side effects can sure be funny, can't they? Have you seen all these uh, drug commercials on television? Since the FDA loosened up on television to consumer advertising for drug companies in 1997, these have been springing up everywhere. Uh, they have different drugs being advertised. For instance, uh, Meripex, which is uh, treating a Parkinson's disease, as well as restless leg syndrome, says at the end to tell your doctor if you're experiencing <laughs> gambling, sexual, or other intense urges. Uh, Visotech, which is for high blood pressure, can cause a loss of taste. Uh, Paxil is a drug that is prescribed <laughs> Apparently everybody in my neighborhood suffers from that. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. That's a good... That's exactly what I thought, too, with the taste. I'm like, oh. That's a quality joke just there. And you're just tossing it aside. Tim, you, can you back up and do that, that oh, sentence again? again? No, 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 i got to reset the joke. Basotech, given to treat high blood pressure, can cause a loss of taste sensation. I think everybody in my neighborhood has that. <laughs> no, you're too kind. Well, Paxil is a drug that is prescribed for depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. The side effects include mood changes, anxiety, panic attacks, trouble sleeping, Irritability, aggravation, aggressiveness, severe restlessness, thoughts of suicide. I think there's a smoke alarm going off somewhere. Oh, ignore it. No, it looks like they're dead air alarm. No, No, that's not us. Nobody cares about us. No. They'll leave us down here to burn to death. It's not us. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never come together. Nobody here. Wait, hold on. Or is it us? Nobody. It isn't us. I'm listening. No, we're on the air. Let me see if it's. All right, now it stopped going off. I know that this doesn't make any sense to the audience, but there was a, there's a, a transmitter alarm which is going off I can't smell now. anything, and I have no taste sensation. Well, Richie, well, Richie's like no... As a canary in the coal mine, Richie is no use to us, by the way. That guy will be dead long before... Uh, he may have started it. Um, in any event, uh, what was I saying? Blah, 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 blah. So uh, are they really saying that Paxil, which is, I do believe prescribed for depression, one of the side effects is mood changes? Thoughts of suicide or hurting yourself. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not laughing at thoughts of suicide. Severe restlessness, trouble sleeping, irritability, agitation. And the idea that a pill that is supposed to solve your your depression may fill you with the urge just to chop off your limbs. 
All right, well, there you go. Uh, then we have Ambion, which may cause allergic reactions such as swelling of your tongue or throat, shortness of breath, and even more uh, severe results. Side effects may include next day drowsiness, dizziness, and even a headache. Does it seem like maybe some of these drugs could do with a little bit more testing? I suppose so, but, you know, when they sell advertising, all they have to do is pay for it, and there it is. I guess. We wouldn't turn any of these people down, would we? <laughs> Not true. Look, the ads are done. We've got to put it on the market. Well, these are just pills filled with glass. Well, it doesn't matter. The uh, We've already got the buy. The, 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 fly, the spot flight is already running. All right. Well, okay, there you go. I'm no one to talk since I believe at this point I have like three different drugs in my body. So really, I'm. Isn't Which ambi- ones are they? Ambient's like the sleepwalking killing one, right? Yes. Not. Not. Killing. I'm not the sleep killing. Doesn't someone drug. like sleep kill somebody with that? Ambient. For all your severe dismemberment. <laughs> For all of your sleep killing needs, uh, Ambient is the one that presumably uh, you can take, and then you can do all sorts of crap while you're asleep and not really remember it. Mm-hmm. Yes? What? Nothing. Nothing. What? What? I didn't say anything. You could, I could you tell that you hadn't even thought about that, and then it came out of your no, mouth. No, you I'm thought, just saying. All right. it, once it's out, no. can't put it back in. No, that's, <laughs> that's the thing I've learned, Tim. So you know what? I'm just not going to say it. All right. Uh, Thank here, you, Rick. Here's what we've got. I've got, uh, I've got any number of things we could do now. Now, I've got uh, bad spots from my production reel. Oh, I'd like From that. my demo reel. Uh, we've got the top five to get to. We have Jim Rube coming up. Uh, I have somebody. I got a few emails from people who are asking, sort of, wh- sort of, what is poetry? But they were asking, what is a roast? And so I'd actually pulled some sections of sort of roasts of the past. So that we've got would be that. Interesting. I've got a couple roast segments to sort of give people a flavor or flavor, as the case might be, uh, what's going to be coming up on May fifteenth. So I've got all of those things. Uh, what would you all like to hear? Your commercials. Sarah? Yeah, I'd say commercials and then roasts. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll do uh, some stuff for my commercial reel, and then if we have time, uh, we'll play some roast uh, segments. We have the top five coming up. We have to figure out which top five are doing as well. Uh, we have Jim Roop, who's going to be joining us from Los Angeles. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? All right. So let me let me open this folder. So the background of this, you know, when they re uh, did my computer, they they turned on all these incidental noises. I never used to do this. All right, so the background is... So there are really no benefits to you getting your computer updated. No. So just taking everything away. Yeah. Sweetheart. <laughs> Those are mine. So this is Tim. No, I'm just playing, just so people get a sense of why we're doing this. <laughs> I don't think you appeared in my commercials in 1979. <laughs> I can't and you find, lost the dress barn one, And right? I can't find Sarah's. I mean, it's oh, around no. somewhere, but that commercial of Sarah going, it's oh, no, it's not the same Mall 205. Uh, where you sound just, you sound so sincere. Because I was so, I was brand new to radio, and I was just genuinely excited. I'm like, wow, I get to have my voice on a real commercial. Hadn't had the life beaten out of you yet? Hadn't had the spark <laughs> extinguished from your eyes? I really was that excited about the dress barn. I get to cut a commercial uh, f- for free. I get to cut spots without being paid for it. I'm so glad I'm in radio. Um, so this is the one that we sometimes play from Tim. Uh, and Tim, how many of the voices in the spot are you? I'm everyone. Let's see. I think you're everyone every, but the woman. You're every woman. Uh, okay, so you are everybody. So you are the you are man. You then are also Eskimo. Yes. All right. Ah, uh, sweetheart, is it this romantic? A wash of the woods in a snowy evening. 
You reminds me of that Robert Trost film. You know, Miles can go before we sleep. Hey, you can't hear a thing I'm saying without stuff around your face. I'll say we have Miles to go before we sleep. We're lost. Hey, wait a minute. Listen. Sounds like a snowmobile. Help! 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 What's the matter? You lost? Yes, we are. Well, my name's Pierre. Make ethnic stereotypes. Make white men laugh. Come to my cabin later, folks. Oh, come on, baby. Sit in front with me. Skinny boyfriend, you sit in back. Such a nice ride. Arctic Cat is independent suspension. So Leave Caucasian man from behind us, Alaskan love. I have eight models for 1980. I'd like to have one myself. Mm. See the all-new 1980 Arctic Cat snowmobiles at Green's Marine, Route 3, Daniel Webster Highway, North Hooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so young and full of life, Tim. All right. I was. I had to. I had to write them and cut up all the old sound. That... With a razor blade. Yeah, me too. Uh, so uh, the woman in there is Janice, our receptionist, who always played either my wife or my girlfriend or my mother. Okay, isn't it amazing how the receptionist always uh, gets dragged into the, these spots? She only did so many. The yeah. receptionist everywhere where, where, was always my best friend. That every she told me everything that was going on. Yeah, who to avoid? She would let you know when them. management was in town. Yep. No, you don't want to go in and see. He's drunk today. Yeah. Stay out of the office. I used to get that at work. There was a woman I worked with who would, she would, um, I won't specify where, but she would give you the heads up when, uh, I'll just call him the boss. She would give you the heads up when one of the bosses was on a Coke jag. Mm -hmm. And she'd say, no, 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 he's, yeah, he's been up all night. The the way they would always describe it, they would say, he's been up all night partying. And everybody kind of knew what that meant. But she would say, no, he's been up all night partying. You just just stay out of his way today. Because he would get to quit looking at me. You know, I'm just, sorry. I just came in to get the the new Judas Priest record. You get out. All right, sorry. Go away. Uh, So I was going through my my commercial reel, and I was only able to pull off I was only able, only able to pull off six classic commercials. Um, <laughs> only. <laughs> we will not play all of them. Oh, please. Sadly. Um, can we listen to every single one of them, Rick? Um, but I, I mean, uh, realize I had a reel of, Jesus, I think 45 different commercials. Why in the name of Christ did I keep 45 different commercials? Especially because they all sound the same. It's, they, they all sound exactly the same. Uh, and so I was sitting there with Buzz. Over at the coin tower, because that is the only place left in the CBS Portland cluster that has a reel-to-reel machine. So I'm sitting there stringing it up and listening to all of the care that I went through to archive these stupid commercials that I did. And it's funny that if you look at the actual box, the the the, the, the box that the reel is kept in, you can tell the point at which I stopped caring because it's done. It's a piece of letterhead taped to the front. Uh, and then each commercial is, like, numbered, the length, the client, the date that I did it. You know, one, two, three, four, something like number four, uh, you know, Firestone Tires, date, 12, 5, uh, 89, or whatever. But then about halfway through, I stop numbering them. And then about a little bit after that, I start writing everything by hand. And then and then later it gets down to just a one-word description, tires. <laughs> so you can tell... The sort of point at which I realized that these commercials were never really going to get me anywhere. Uh, I must be hearing all right. Here's you've got your choice. Uh, you've got uh, let's see, me advertising a bar, me advertising uh, an automotive place, me advertising uh, another bar, me advertising the station sticker, me advertising the station T-shirt that you should buy. Or me doing a client spec spot, trying to get people to uh, advertise on this uh, street race that they do every year in Washington. What I, jumped out at you there, Sarah? I'd, I'd say the station T-shirt. 
That that or the bar <clears throat> jumped out at me. Tim, I'm hearing you like. I like to know how to get a station T-shirt. All right, so. <laughs> I do think I wrote all of these two, for better or worse. Get on the bumper sticker. That'd be a close. The second. bumper sticker oh, is pretty great, That's actually. That's true. The bumper sticker is great because it's the same kind of thing. It's the same spot that every station does for their sticker, which is like comical ways in which the station radio sticker like it makes your life better. Um, so keep in mind everything you're about to hear, whether you like it or whether you find it retarded or both. Keep in mind that I wrote all this because it was early on in my career when I just figured I'll just do anything they ask me to do. I will show that I have every skill. You know, not only can I talk of a post, I can write bad copy for the radio station sticker. So my voice is on here, and I wrote these. And uh, uh, I, I think I was I think I was at this point uh, in my career trying to sort of make a name in, bus, in bustling like Kennewick, Washington, trying to make a name for myself as like, uh, you know, the Stan Freeberg of Kennewick or the Dick Orkin, they are, who are famous copywriters for radio. So I think I was trying to define my style as like edgy guy. So listen to the here. So these commercials are all really self-consciously edgy. Uh, are you doing your voice that you used to do like that? Some of these have my normal speaking voice. Some of them have me trying to sound a lot older than I really am. We'll play one of those in a second. And then one of them has a comically overdone low voice. Uh, so again, keep in mind, all of these are me trying to be hilarious and irreverent. You will also note in some of these spots, that I really only have the one trick when it comes to writing anything, which is me floating bad ideas and being told by the other person in the spot that that idea won't work, which is something that <laughs> is this I, the theme? Which is something I recycle <laughs> even now in 2008 as a copywriting skill. So, all right, here we go. All right. This is me advertising the uh, Rock 106 window sticker. And now, a cheap, sleazy commercial brought to you by Rock 106. Okay, sir. I'll need to see your license, not me. registration, and proof of insurance. Hey, is that a Rock 106 window sticker? Uh, why, yes it is, officer. Oh, oh, please forgive me. In fact, uh, let me clean this off the windshield for you. <laughs> uh, how about a donut? The Rock 106 window sticker. I don't know if sticker. any of these are me, actually. I might have pulled one that I'm not in. Been claiming at your work? <laughs> I did write this. I can tell that I wrote it, but I don't know if any of these voices are me. Listen, there's a thing where the where the girl will have sexual intercourse with him because he has the sticker. It's a man's respect. Well, Bob, it's been a lovely evening. I really should be getting home, though. Hey, is that the Rock 106 window sticker? Yeah. Well, what are you waiting for? Let's find a motel. Oh, loose women can be yours. Is that what a loose woman of Kennewick. Who wouldn't want one? Grab one in Coeur d'Alene at Wild Waters, Long Ear Tapes and CDs, or Bitterroot Bike and Ski. In Spokane, Spokane Sunscreen. Stick it 18 degrees to the left. Yeah, I don't think it's possibly your voice. It's, I don't, it's not, I don't think I'm on this. I think I wrote it, but I don't think I'm on it. Okay. Let's find one that you... I can tell I wrote it, though, because it has a bunch of those, you know, power, fame, prestige, loose women, which is totally like some crap that I would write. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, here's me. This... I was amused by that, though. I'd like to have one. <laughs> you want to buy a Rock 106 window sticker? Oh, yes. Um, so uh, so here, this is me. This is me trying to play it straight, trying to sound older and more authoritative than I am. There is this thing they do in Spokane called the Bloomsday Race, and it's a foot race. It's like a marathon. You know, it's like the Boston Marathon, but in, but in Spokane. Uh, so it's a street race they do every year that has however many thousand people, and they come and run. Uh, and... Every year, the radio station would sponsor this Bloomsday, this race, and we were trying to, this is the thing that we would play for clients to try to get them to be part of, the, you know, to, to, to sponsor it. In other words, Bloomsday race brought to you by whatever. Um, and they would do this awful thing every single year. 
where the final part of the marathon was this thing called Doomsday Hill, which is just this big hill that led to the finish line. And every year, they would set up this huge sound system at the top of the hill, and it would just play the Rocky theme over and over and for three hours. For three hours, this PA would just be playing the Rocky theme on a continuous loop. Because the idea was that you would be getting to the end of the marathon, and you're, well, you're really feeling the burn, but then you hear that Rocky theme playing at the top of the hill, and that gives you the will to power through. And so if you were the intern or whoever was the most recently hired, it would be your job to set up the PA and sit there wishing you were dead, listening to the Rocky theme play over and over for three hours. But, but that's what small town radio does. It's all, that's totally what Because small. I worked at a station here in the suburbs, and they, they, used, to, they used to sell hour-long blocks of an air show. That is an announcer describing airplanes in the air <laughs> and charging $10,000, and they sold it out every year. They're describing airplanes in the air. That you and can't people, see. Right, and people will buy All you can hear is noise. <laughs> Four hours of it, and that's all you can hear. That sure is impressive. Look at it. People sell it every year. <laughs> so now, that takes a good salesman to do that, I will say. So this is just a bunch of idiots running down the street from point A to point B. And they were so convinced that they could sell sponsorships of it, which I think they actually did. This was the spec spot uh, that they would play for clients to try to get them excited about sponsoring a bunch of people running. Who wouldn't be? All right. So this is this is me trying to be old and uh, you know impressive. It's coming. The single largest event in Spokane. Spokane's claim to fame. How sad. The one day that Spokane's population multiplies by ten, and excitement filters through every fiber of every person what? involved in, I guess, Bloomsday. Yeah! For 17 years, KJRB and KEZE have brought you award-winning live coverage. That's fake live coverage, by the way, that is literally just this other guy I work with going blah, 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 in the background. Um, and you can hear me shoving the, my voice through my nose, trying to sound older. Step by step, we simulcast it all. KEZE has its giant boombox on Doomsday Hill, helping to encourage everyone to the top. KJRB plays the Rocky theme song at the finish line, and you have an opportunity to become a part of the action this year. You may already get involved, but here's your chance to let everyone know that you support Spokane's economy. KEZE KJRB, the most visible radio stations on the course. Broadcasting the race live. Yeah. Everybody yeah. will be listening. Age is not a factor. Yeah. Be a sponsor of the official KEZE KJRB. Please give us your coverage money. today. Say, Spokane, I support you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Spokane, I support. <laughs> You'll love the our... window and shout out. <laughs> Spokane, I support you. You love our new spark. I don't Jesus. think that's the original Rocky theme. It's, uh, it sounds like a cheap imitation. <laughs> You're listening. This whole thing is a cheap imitation. You're listening to the KCMD Portland. Uh, we should probably just get to, We got Rube coming up in like two minutes. So uh, well, we have time. Another one. <laughs> so there's Bloomsday. Uh, let's see. We've done the thing uh, for the sticker. Let's see here. Um, all right. Refrigerator magnets by any chance? Uh, no. 
How about a rubber thing that opens anything? <laughs> a rubber oh, those thing rubber that opens things, anything. yeah. I, I have one of those the on can mine. openers? Yeah. Or the jar it, it was called the Mighty Grip. Um, the Mighty Grip. I totally have one of those. Well, we had them, too, for five cents. Um, $20 purchase. Okay, so here's – this is another one. This is us selling um, – this is an ad at Christmas time trying to get – trying to convince people – I think of how sad this is and how sad your life would be if you received this. We were trying to convince just uh, these dirty listeners to buy, to buy to buy radio station T-shirts for their loved ones for Christmas. Like as the, as the marquee Christmas gift for your family. Buy them a radio station T-shirt. Support Spokane. Spokane, I support you. Um, so this is... I think I am one of the voices in this, but I wrote this, and of course the female voice is yes, the receptionist. Yep. Um, uh, and I think there's the obligatory, you know, scene where uh, where she buys me something bad, and then she should have bought, you know, she should have she should have purchased rockware. Hey, Bob. Oh, by the way, and there's the Father Christmas yeah. by the Kinks showing that I never change or evolve in any way. Hey, Bob. Merry Christmas. Hey, same to you, Patty. That's me. Come on, Bob. Hurry up. Open it. All right. I uh, here we go. I oh. Socks. How nice. Socks are funny. Don't know what to give this year? That's, uh, that's another guy. That's another DJ. KCCE has the answer. Trust your friends in Rockwear. Yeah, man. I can dig that. Brand new designs, all new t-shirts and sweatshirts, including the Red Hot U-Rocket logo. Hey, that's far out, man. Priced around 10 bucks. these shirts are an easy way to give this Christmas. Man. I spent $5 on a radio station t-shirt. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, what a great gift idea. <laughs> I mean, even in like 1990-something dollars, that's a bad gift. I mean, uh, wow. Uh, Merry Christmas, I spent $5 on you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the Rock will even mail them for you. Chief <laughs> and John makes everything funnier. So, instead of the same old present. Gosh. The Zamfir box set. Wah, wah. Hey, you really shouldn't have. By the way, uh, Zamfir is also another pop culture reference that never gets old. Rock this Christmas. For details, call 448 From KEZE, Spokane's home of rock and roll. <laughs> wow. All right, and finally, we'll play one more here. Because, because I know that this never gets old for anybody. Uh... Because no matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Here is, I think this may have been the first thing that I ever wrote at this radio station, and it really did kind of set the mold for all this. And the, and this is a technique that I, a technique, I say, <laughs> as though I'm being inducted, like, yeah, into the advertising. <laughs> so I'm winning my Clio Award. No, 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 let me tell you about my trademark technique as a copywriter. Let me tell you about this one move that I ripped off. This year's guest speaker at the National Association of Broadcasters Convention. I saw all the National Association of Broadcaster uh, people um, when I was in Vegas. Inducting someone who is not me or us. <laughs> no, they're there, giving the same speeches as they have been for the past three Radio years. Radio is a thriving medium. You need new bumper stickers. <laughs> you need to give rockware for $5. So, uh, so this is a technique that I ripped off from Stan Freeberg. Uh, and Stan Freeberg used to do these sort of parody records. Parody isn't the right way to put them, but comedy records. And he would do songs like, he'd take a song like The Great Pretender. And the deal is, Stan Freeberg had this, this one move he did really well, where there would be the musician who was playing the song wrong, and that the band leader or conductor kept interrupting him and saying, you're not doing it right. 
And the musician, who was always kind of stoned, would go, oh, I'm sorry, I'll try to play it better. And the musician would play it, and the musician would be doing it wrong again. And so the whole thing was interplay between the F up and the guy who kept interrupting him, telling him to do it differently. So, of course, even now in 2008, that's really the only thing I can do. I just stole that one thing, and that's what I do. So this is uh, a commercial for a place called Smokin' Rods Automotive. <laughs> I swear that's what it's called. Smoking rods. I never, I never realized until just this, this moment how stupid that is. I just pulled it off my demo reel. It was just one more commercial. Smoking rods. That needs to be sent to LA. What right are you doing away. in the production room right now? Smoking rods. <laughs> so. No, there's anything wrong with that. So the normal voiced guy is not me, of course. Uh, that's a, another DJ there. Uh, so he. The guy who is in the spot, who is running the recording session, is another DJ. I am the, quote, voice talent who is recording the spot. Because it's a commercial inside a commercial. Okay, Smoke and Rods 4x4 commercial, take one. Get ready, Spokane, That's me. for a blood-pumping, fire-breathing, nitro-fueled winter snow season. Hey, cut, 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 blood-pumping, fire-breathing. Who hired this guy? Look, buddy, just stick to the script, okay, and tone it down. Smoking Rods 4x4 commercial, take two. Smoking Rods invites you to come and check out our mud bog and metal twisted skull crush it with no, truck no, care program. No, 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 no. God, God. I'm hurting myself. Look, what does it say to crush skulls and breathe fire, huh? Didn't I say to stick to the script? Look, what about the free driveline inspections? What about the first rate transmission service and the full truck accessory line that Smoking Rods has? Well, I... Come on, say it with me. Smoking Rods, 4x4 four four Center, East 3410 Trent, corner of Trent and Freya, Smoking Rods. And then, of course, because I am utterly predictable, what does every uh, voice like that have to say at some point? Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Close. You're very close. Saturday? Oh, and I almost forgot. Mud Pit. What was it? Mud Pit. Oh, I just wouldn't have guessed that. See, see, the downside of this is... <laughs> What's the downside, Tim? All I see is upside. No, you, spent, <laughs> you spent hours and hours in this creative effort only to find out after you put in like two days worth of work, the AE gave you the wrong address or one of the digits in the phone number is wrong, so you have to go through the entire thing and take it all apart and spend ten more hours on it. Before I have totally to done that, too. I have totally done spots where it's me saying, uh, you know... Come on down to Bob's Fish House at 4055 uh, Southeast State. And then you find out that it's not 4055 Southeast State, it's 4056. Yeah. And because you don't want to cut the spot again, what do you do? You edit in the one, the one syllable. Come on down to Bob's Fish House, 4056 Southeast State. And there's always a blip there. <laughs> and you were so proud of it. And it feels like you're disfiguring your own child. And the next day is when you send out the audition tapes because <laughs> I'm not going to put myself through this anymore. Anymore. And then there are three more days of these days. <laughs> I have a whole reel full of this. I have like 65 of these commercials. Why? I don't even think. I don't, I'm trying to remember whether I even sent any of these commercials to any prospective radio station. I can't imagine. What would I have said? Here's me doing a bad monster truck rally voice. Clearly this distinguishes me, distinguishes me uh, from other radio hosts. Please. Oh, I also wrote it. I'm sure you'll want to hire me now. Jesus, God Almighty. Say, Spokane, I support you. Well, okay. Uh, it's 503-73. What time is it? Uh, 2.15. Are we supposed to talk to Jim Roop at some point? Sure. Talk to him now. <laughs> I don't really know that it's up to us. I think he's in Los Angeles. I demand Jim Roop. I think he's, I think he's in Los Angeles. 
<laughs> Boy, these are stupid. Uh, by the well, way, we play another one in the meantime. Do you want to hear another one? Oh, sure. Are you just you're just saying that, Sarah? <laughs> Don't feed my ego. Uh, all right. Um, well, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the choice here. Uh, we've got uh, these are all from my production reel. Uh, we've got. I think the other. Let's see how many of these have I played. One, two, three. Inexplicable. You played four of these, so I got to, you, you got your choice. Uh, you got. Uh, Okay, this one's actually kind of funny. Okay, so again, uh, this is exactly the same thing. Same shtick as before. Me recording the spot like an ass, and then the other guy, the straight man, interrupting me. So it's like a Dean and Jerry sort of a thing. I wrote this, and then I am, of course, uh, the ass in the spot. The schlemiel, one might say. Okay. So, Rick, have you come up with a promotion for the... See, by the way, so here's the other thing is I was just desperately and without shame trying to... Because I was only doing a weekend shift at the time. I was doing weekend overnights. But I volunteered to write and voice all of these spots for free because I knew that everybody else was too lazy to do it. That's the thing because, you know, AEs never want to do I mean, they never do the copywriting work. They'll do it if they have to, but they don't want to write the copy. DJs don't want to write the copy. They just want it handed to them. The production director hates writing the copy, even though it's always his job to do it and he gets saddled with it all. So because I was only doing weekend overnights, I had this whole thing that I would just volunteer to write and voice anything that I had the chance to because I knew that everybody else was so lazy that they would let me do it. And so, as as you can hear, as these spots go on, I'm clearly trying to use this as some perverse vehicle to make myself like the star of the radio station. Because now, I'm not even using like a fake persona in the spot. The guy's actually saying, so Rick, have you come up with an ad for that spot yet? So I'm clearly using this as some sort of perverse thing to like, pay attention to me. Let me put my own name on the spot. Well, Look at how edgy I am. You shut up. So, Rick, have you come up with a promotion for the Blue Dolphin yet? Yeah, you know, everybody in town keeps bragging about their live music. Yeah. So to be different, I've got the dead music campaign up and rolling. What? Dead music? Yeah. After it's dark, the lights come down and the doors come on stage and play. Uh, excuse me, the doors? Yeah. But, but Jim Morrison's been dead for 20 years now, Rick. Well, yeah, but their manager said that that, like, really cuts down the odds of him getting arrested what? for anything. Well, I see, I figure we just stick him on the microphone there. See, I, I've got my super glue here. The Blue Dolphin asks you to please ignore all this talk about dead people being strapped to things and come check out our nightlife anyway. The Blue Dolphin no, has Bud Light cans just a dollar on Thursday night and live music Thursday through Saturday. I thought that the idea of duct taping Jim Morrison's corpse to the microphone was like the height of comedy. And, you know, and then it allowed to be like, look at me, I'm irreverent. With moments notice. Don't miss our Wednesday college nights, great draft beer specials. All at the Blue Dolphin, a block southwest of Sprague and Pine. Rick, we're not having a dead Jim Morrison sing at the Blue Dolphin. Okay, but he just flew in, man. You have to break it to him. Where is he? My carry-on bag. Here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it literally ends. It literally <laughs> ends with the da-da-da-da-da. Blue Dolphin. Okay, but he just flew in, man. You have to break it to him. Where is he? My carry-on bag. Here. Oh. Oh. Wah-wah. <laughs> You sound so little. <laughs> I sound like I'm about nine. Mm-hmm. Because, and I only had the, the two different voices. I had the voice, my real actual speaking voice at the time, which was, I kind of talk like this. Uh, and then I had the other voice where I said, Spokane, we support you. And I, I like, tried to shove everything up into my nasal passages in like this vain attempt to sound uh, older. All right. Well, we've got one more, so I'll just play it into the break here. Um, here's the final uh, spot for my commercial reel. I do believe this is a, another commercial for the same bar, uh, the Blue Dolphin. Same cast of characters. Uh, Wasn't there one of those here? Maybe. No, that was just the Dolphin, I think. Okay, Betsy, man, yeah, I have not thought about her in a long time. 
Who? Sorry. Uh, so uh, anyway, so I think this is for the same bar. It's me and I think the same woman who was the receptionist. We may be the only two people in here. Uh, there might be a third person doing the middle the middle part. But same two, same, same voices, same shtick. Me as myself, marketing, you know, using the commercial. <laughs> Rick Emerson, Rick Emerson, Pay Rick attention Emerson. to me. I know it's a commercial for a bar, but me, Rick Emerson, I'm the star of the commercial. Um, and again, trying to be edgy. And uh, I think I think that's it. So um, all right, here we go. So this is a. Oh, and it's the same technique where I'm saying something, you know, it's like over the top and extreme, and then they have to correct me because okay. you know I can't I can't be constrained by the man's rules. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm out of control. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Blue Dolphin commercial, take one. Hey, wait and... a minute, Rick. Yeah. They sent me here to make sure you don't offend anybody with this Blue Dolphin commercial. Because I'm magic. Don't offend. Okay, so. Uh, can I leave in this part about baby seals? No. Well, how about this Jeffrey Dahmer part here? No. Can I mention body piercing? No. Leprosy? Rick! Hey, head to the Blue Dolphin this week, and we promise Rick won't be there. Because I'm the top most concerned of the mine. For college night, though. Live music with guests for kicks Thursday through Saturday, and the Rock to Road Show with Kurt Cartier <clears throat> Friday. Featuring Michelob Golden Draft, six for six bucks. The volleyball court and patio are now open, so enjoy the start of summer outdoors and get great cold beer specials. It's all at the Blue Dolphin. Give the call back at the end. Southwest of Sprague and Pine. <laughs> Rick, please don't mention inflatable dolls. Well, how about call girls? No. Transvestite hookers? Rick! The please. Blue Dolphin. Transvestite hookers. Comedy, Sarah. It's cutting edge, Rick. Comedy. It's so fun to see how far you've come. No, I'm being sarcastic. I haven't come that far. <clears throat> you sound exactly the same, just your voice is higher. Like, you talk about the same thing. I know, that's what I'm saying. I really have no... There really is no, like... The evolution or growth is so minimal that it can't even be charted. Really, I just make the same jokes now. Really, there's nothing that's changed about me at all. And and I use all of the same stupid, like, comedy techniques, where it's like I do I the... Heard... I heard the thing. The edgy thing, and there were the, 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 the paper rustling. You heard me use Father Christmas on that one uh, rockware spot or whatever. So. And I heard that music too, and it sounded like the music from the Welcome to Day Twelve. Uh, yeah, that's the Welcome Is to Day it? Twelve yeah. in there. Uh, do you realize it was like 18 years ago? That's how little I've evolved. Hooray! Uh, all right, fantastic. Let's uh, take a break here. Now. Yeah, I suppose. It's 503-733-2970. We'll be back after this. Spokane, I support you. Uh, We will return after this. Jim Roop may or may not be joining us. we got more from Tim Riley. Uh, Oh, we have some samples from Roasts of Years Past. Uh, We'll try to get to that. Uh, Top five coming up and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. All right, uh, coming up at 3, Tom Likas at 7, the Michael Mara Program. Uh, All right, so here's what we got. We got uh, two top fives. I I don't really know if we'll get to either of them today. I mean, they're both like a week old by now anyway. One is, I think, is top five songs by which to stalk Sarah. 
I think the other one is uh, top five songs that Richie would strip to were he an exotic dancer. Uh, we have that. We also have, I don't know where you got this. Who gave us this? this I um, think Jim did. It's some sort of a, um, what, it's like a, like, is this and from like. And it's real too. I had no idea. It's some sort of like, it's from a church or something. It's a whole pamphlet about what, it's what girls need to know about dating an older man. And it's some sort of cautionary brochure uh, about uh, the, the dangers of dating a man who is substantially older than you if you're a young lady. And it also has testimonials of women who are dating older men. Really? And it, has it worked out well for them, Sarah? Oh, they're very happy with okay. it. Uh, we've also got some roast samples to play. Uh, so people have sort of asked, uh, people said, well, I've heard about a roast, or I've heard of roast, but what goes on? What is the type of comedy? And so we've got, we'll play some of those because the uh, Rick Emerson roast is coming up Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. A month from today. It is one month today. Well, well spotted. Uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., the Crystal Ballroom, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11, Emerson's 11. Uh, if you want to create and submit artwork for that, you can uh, submit your logo at 970.am. You scroll to the bottom, there's a little form there you can submit. Uh, Nickel Arcade going to be performing. Uh, Emerson Starship revamping their sound a little bit for this. Uh, Roastmaster Carl Click from K2, and we'll be uh, revealing uh, the roasters one by one over the next couple of weeks. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Somebody has robbed the Tualatin Burger King. It was a masked man. Happened last night. The crime was committed at 1050 at 17971 South McEwen Road. The employee gave officers a description of the suspect reported that he robbed her at gunpoint. There was $400 at that Burger King. The suspect was dressed in a very thin outfit. He's about five foot six, black pants and a blue hoodie sweatshirt. He'll never be found. And a blue bandana over his face. Meanwhile, a veteran motorist ended 76 years of trouble-free driving by smashing his Ford Fiesta into two Porsches. What, to celebrate? Yes. Jack Higgs was parking next to a Porsche showroom when he, he went backwards, causing <laughs> $120,000 wow. in damage. That's the worst day of your life. He had a gleaming red Carrera 2, which acted as a ramp, causing his 13-year-old <laughs> hatchback to flip over onto a silver Porsche parked alongside. This story is useless without video. Uh, Stab at the showroom came upon the scene of the wreckage and found Mr. Higgs hanging upside down by his seatbelt in his overturned car. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at his misfortune, there were, but there wow. There glass and bits of metal everywhere, but Jack is such a gentleman, he asked for a sweeping brush to help clean it up. <laughs> I'm sure they'd rather have... I'm sure that's going to make everything all right. <laughs> uh, Jack has driven more than a half uh, million miles in his lifetime. says, I can't understand it. Nothing like this ever happened to me before. <laughs> but this is it, the end of my driving career. <laughs> well, go out with a bang, sir. Fantastic. And so he did. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I have some uh, some roast segments here. So uh, you have your choice here. Uh, we have, I think this is Jeffrey Ross roasting William Shatner, or we have Gilbert Gottfried roasting Hugh Hefner. Oh, I can't handle Gilbert Gottfried. Really? Anything oh, him. I love him. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> are, you, are, you not a, are you not a Gottfried fan, Tim? No, I'm really not. I could play that one after you leave the room. Okay. It's short. No, it's okay. I think this it is doesn't the matter how short it is. <laughs> is any Gilbert Gottfried too much Gilbert Gottfried yes, for you? Yes, it is. Now, when is it? Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is one of those guys too that he's sort of an interesting phenomenon, isn't he, Tim? Oh yes, yes. I'm sure he has <laughs> With, a lot of support out there. But I, but where he is, I don't want to say he's inexplicably famous because I'm sure he's done something. I mean, let let me let's go around the room. Other than irritating Tim, what is Gilbert Gottfried? Uh, what is he famous for? Sarah? I know him from Problem Child. 
Oh, that's okay. That's Do, the only. That's how I know him. That's the only reason I know him. I kind of know him because he was the host of um, uh, USA uh, USA Network's Up All Night. Uh, Ron Shear was the host on Friday. Uh, and he was the host on Saturday. But it's not like anybody really watched Up All Night but me and other dateless nerds even in the 80s. I mean, really just me and a bunch of sexless, uh, you know, geeks sitting at home. Uh, and he was a, a, an occasional character on Duckman. But other than that, Tim, from where do you know Gilbert Gottfried? Just by hearing that voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know Gilbert Gottfried. Would you like to hear just, just the smallest bit of it, Tim? Maybe he's just, Now, look, here's the thing. Maybe you've changed. Maybe your opinion of Gilbert Gottfried has been altered. I haven't changed that much. <laughs> Maybe it's a brand new Gilbert Gottfried. I don't think so. He might have he might have evolved, much like my comedy is this a style thing that he evolved did? over the last no, eighteen years. He hasn't evolved. <laughs> this is um, from the Hefner roast, which I think is two thousand five. No, in fact, it was early. It was earlier than that because I think he led off with a nine eleven joke, which we have omitted, by the way, um, because he led off with a nine eleven joke. And everybody, everybody in the crowd said, too soon. They literally said, too soon. At which point he immediately won back the crowd by segueing, and this is before the movie came out, segueing into the aristocrats. So, and that got the crowd back on his side. How about I play 60 seconds of it, Tim? 60 seconds? <laughs> I think six. <laughs> like, that's a good deal. <laughs> I mean, what are the other choices? The other choice is Jeffrey Ross roasting William Shatner. I'll take that. All right. We'll do that, and we'll play the Gilbert Gottfried at some other point. Yes. Some point when you have... At the point when I'm, le- I'm out of the building on my little break. <laughs> at the point after you have lost what remains of your hearing. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is from the Shatner Roast, which I think was 2006, something like that. Uh, so this is... Uh, you'll hear... George Costanza. You'll hear... Uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, guy. Jason Alexander. Introducing Jeffrey Ross, who then roasts William Shatner. Okay. Sure I can. Oh, I, I guess it would help if I had the volume turned up, wouldn't it? Please welcome the Roast Master General, Mr. Jeffrey Ross. All right. Jason Alexander, you clearly come from the planet trying too hard. You sing, you dance, you act, you do everything but make people laugh. But I did love you in March of the Penguins. Jeffrey Ross really is hilarious. He's, as many as you know, last year... Comp- I have to say, actually, he is, from my money, he's consistently the funniest guy at the roasts. Uh, he uh, Hands down. Every, he's the one who really delivers every single roast. He's the one who really gets up there and just leaves a mark. As many as you know, last year Comedy Central threw a very successful roast of Pamela Anderson. And this year, in keeping with that tradition, we're roasting another bad actor with big t- Oh, this is going to be fun. We can't get fired for anything we say, right? No, of course not. <laughs> Look at you, Shatter. You have let yourself boldly go. When did you go from Captain Kirk to Captain Crunch? You left T.J. Hooker and went to P.F. Chang's. You work at Boston Legal or Boston Market? <laughs> if Scotty tried to beat me up now, you'd break the transporter. But I must admit, I am the world's biggest Star Trek fan. I've seen every episode a million times, and I always wish just once 
Just once that spaceship of yours would land on a planet with an acting school. <laughs> you sound like you forgot your lines. <laughs> and now you play a guy with Alzheimer's? It's a lucky break, huh? <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? I think Farrah Fawcett is sitting on stage, too, by the way. But seriously, this is such a huge honor for me to be roasting the spokesman for Priceline.com. <laughs> Can we roast the next year, the Travelocity Gnome? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Farrah Fawcett, let's face it. Farrah, the, the truth is, my whole life, I, 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 I had that poster of you, and I, as a kid, I would always to it, hoping that I wouldn't go blind. And now that I see you in person... <laughs> What the f***? It's a roast. <laughs> the lovely Nichelle Nichols is here, played uh, Star Trek's Lieutenant Uhuru. Uhura, I'm sorry. What can I say? But congratulations on being the first female black actress ever to sit in the background answering phones. <laughs> you are an intergalactic Rosa Parks, and we applaud you, baby. Anyway... Shatner, I was told not to bring this up. I know it's a sensitive subject, but I can't help myself. On behalf of your fans all over the world, we want to know, what the f*** is on your head right now? It just growled at me. Have mercy, Shatner. Hang up the hairpiece. Or at least set it free in the park before Andy Dick tries to f*** it. And Andy Dick is always at these for some reason. Andy Dick is everywhere. The truth is, Mr. Shatner, growing up, watching Star Trek taught me it doesn't matter whether you're black or white or blue or green or an old washed-up bag like Betty White. <laughs> we all want the same things in life, and that's to live long and prosper. I love you, man. Nanu, Nanu. So there you go. So there's uh, Jeffrey Ross. Wait, now, now I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place here because now everyone else can say whatever they want. But how am I supposed to be funny if I can't say exactly what I think? Am I allowed to? Or are you giving me permission? I don't know what you're saying. What are you at? What are Wait, you asking? I don't, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, please. Hurt my feelings. Uh, but I know, I've known you long enough. I know what can get under your skin. It's a roast. What are you going to do? I mean, seriously. I'm sorry. Am I eating carrots? Let me just put these away. You're so lucky you don't have to do this, Tim. I mean, I'm really excited. I'm going to have a few beers with some friends and just, like, start running crap well, down. Well, I guess we might as well reveal it then so that you you are, which we hadn't actually revealed, but you are going to be one of the roasters. Oh. Hello. Hi. So, I thought uh, that was assumed. Well, I guess everybody kind of figured that would be the yes, case. Yes, I shall be roasting Rick Emerson. Uh, yeah, so Sarah will be one of the roasters at oh, Rick God. Emerson Listener Party uh, 11. Outstanding. Happening uh, Thursday, uh, May 15th. It's all very exciting. Good. All right. This is going to be so And then an brilliant. awkward silence descended no, over ex- the room. I'm, I can, yeah. I'm <laughs> You've got to go pedal to the metal is what you I'm meant to say. I'm going to go pedal to the metal. I mean... If I'm going to do this, you know I'm going. What? I, you know, I, have, I have to do it 110%, dude. No, it's you know what? Anything worth doing is worth overdoing, Sarah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. it will not be funny for anyone if I'm all... No, no, no point in pulling any punches. As you know, as Jeffrey Ross, that crack he makes about Farrah Fawcett, though, that's like, that's the single best worst joke of that entire bit, where he talks about um, blanking to, uh, to, his, to her poster. And he says, you know, my whole life I grew up blanking to that poster, hoping I wouldn't go blind. But now that I see you, I mean, it's, I mean, it really is. That's the best that's line. A lot of life. pressure. But then, but he, but everybody kind of goes, oh. But then he has that great moment. He goes, what the f? It's a roast. What do you want? So, all right. Um, are any listeners pleased to be sending me anything that you think might be funny? All right. So now, uh, now that Tim's gone, let's play the Gilbert Godfrey. 
Uh, or how long is it? Do we have time? Do we have a break? Do I have to show you these calls instead? We can play the Gilbert Gottfried yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it after. Let's do a couple of calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Tim, Sarah. What's up? Uh, Gilbert Gottfried was also that CPA in Beverly Hills Cop. No, really? Yeah. I haven't seen... I'm thinking of... Uh, do you remember that with the parking tickets I and all I haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop since probably... I think the last time I saw that was maybe 1991, 92, something like that. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, yeah, he was in there. Excellent. Oh, and isn't he also in Aladdin? Doesn't he play the uh, the parrot? Yeah, or he's a voice in, in Aladdin. In yeah. Aladdin? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, everybody. Hey, What's it's, up? Uh, it's uh, Pete Geek Brian. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thank is you, the, your crap. Am this I, I is... Hold on. Yeah. This is the guy who created the... Yes, Richie. We can all see your nipples. <laughs> that guy. I, my moment's over. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, you're right in my wheelhouse on this roasting stuff, too. Hey, what's another... Think real quick. What's another celebrity uh, with the first name of Rick? Yeah, that's a serious question. Uh, I, well, there's uh, Richard... There's, there's Rick Steves. Rick Schroeder. Uh... Rick, Rick Steves? Who's Rick Steves? Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick Moranis. Okay, here you go, uh, Sarah. You can kind of think like this. And this is another, this is a Jeff Ross roast of Drew Carey, which is an- another one of his epics. You can't find it, but that was one of the funniest freaking things ever. He goes, uh, uh, oh, jeez. Uh, uh, Joking. Rick, Rick, Rick Emerson is to radio what Rick Steves is to radio. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, so it, that's something like that. And another roaster that you can look for, this is a really good one, Sarah. Look for uh, Greg Giraldo. Okay. And you can find, you can YouTube most of these things. And Rick, uh, or uh, Jeff Ross is all over there. Yeah, he's uh, really good. He's, he's unbelievably funny. I sent you uh, a refined uh, sounder thing that actually has a couple of uh, Ross's uh, roasts of... Uh, I heard, the, the, I edited the one about AIDS out of that. <sighs> And that's the one that Andy yeah. Dick, and he tears him up yeah. every friggin' time. Another one is Lisa Lampanelli. She yeah. is hardcore. I, uh, I I dropped out the AIDS one, and Lisa yeah. Lampanelli, I just, you know, I know I'm supposed to find her funny, but I just don't, so. Well, it's it's only in things like that, though. I mean, yeah. if you listen to her stand-up, not that great. The roast. The roast is where people shine, though. Absolutely. All so, right. so, Greg Giraldo, look for him. Thank you, sir. Out. Yes, Richie, we can all see your nipples. Uh, one more, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this me? Yo, what's up? Hey, uh, Jeffrey Ross, he was uh, roasting Rob Reiner one time, and he said, you know, how can you really embarrass a guy who's married to Penny Marshall? <laughs> All right, thank you. And then, uh, yes? Uh, so he said the, wed- the wedding song was, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? Wow. <laughs> back after this. Is there a- that guy, Troy. Come back. Uh, more of your phone calls. Like is a three. Michael Merritt, seven. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
Viagra. He needs cement. <laughs> he needs to take ice cream sticks and tape it around his <laughs> and use it as a splint. <laughs> but let's face it, with a truckload of Viagra, he couldn't <laughs> jello. There you go. That's uh, the one and only Gilbert Gottfried. People are sending me sample things to say to you. Really? Now, here, now I want to be very careful that we don't inadvertently plagiarize, because that's going to make us look like no, this is, we are. No, this is specific. Are we? You. Do you so, want me to give you a sample? But you, you know what I'm saying? I want to make sure, and I'm not trying to imply anything about anybody, but about the listeners. I'm just saying I want to make sure that, that someone isn't taking a joke that's already been used, like on a roast, and like slotting my name in and sending it to you. No, this is very use-specific. All right, okay. Do, do you want to give me a sample joke? Okay. It's from Chris... Do you have crowd response Chris ready K. for this? I sure do. All right. Rick Emerson's the third best thing to come out of Kennewick, Washington. The first two are cancer caused by nuclear waste, or nu- nuclear, I said nuclear, nuclear waste, and Sharon Tate. That was so bad. I am so freaking nervous. Yeah, but you'll be drunk, so. That doesn't make me any less nervous. That makes me just <laughs> sound dumber. That makes you nervous and slurring. All right. Wow, that's going to be just genius. Yes. Yes. yes I'm just bummed out that I just said nuclear. That's okay. Uh, do you have another one? No, that's it. All right. No, nothing that I can actually use. Well, you only got like another four minutes and 50 seconds to fill. So I'm just going to go out with some friends all this week and just bring out a notebook with me. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to brainstorm. Have cocktails and like have them help me brainstorm. I just see you like in a room with a whiteboard, you know, like a dry erase board, and you're just writing down, eh, writing on sensitive topics. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Oh. Uh, let's see here. Well, we got, what, one minute? Yeah. Yeah, I could do more calls, but we're not going to have time to be fair about to the roast. So how many people all oh, together are going to be doing so, it? So, yeah, well, we should do a little recap here. Uh, so you can find out more about this at 970.am. Uh, you can be submitting your artwork. We are looking for you to create the logo and artwork for this. If we end up using your artwork, uh, you'll win a whole bunch of stuff, our esteem and acclaim and blah, blah, and glory and whatnot, uh, and, uh, and some stuff from the prize closet as well. So you can find out more about that at 970.am or rickemerson.com. Uh, tomorrow we will unveil another roaster we revealed today. Sarah Dillon, of course, not a big surprise there. One of the roasters will reveal uh, more as the week goes on. Uh, as we announced today, our good friends in Nickel Arcade are going to be doing a small set during the roast. Yes, uh, Emerson uh, Starship revamping themselves a little bit for this. Carl Click, the Roastmaster, and uh, more to be uh, more to be told about. And it's so, a month from today. And one month from today. Take so a that, sick day. That's happening Thursday, May 15th, uh, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom, uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008, Emerson's 11. All right, uh, we want to thank CNN Radio Correspondents, uh, Steve Kastenbaum, Bob Costantini, and James Roop, who unfortunately uh, got bumped today. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. No time to be fair to another caller. Uh, if you didn't get on today, my apologies. Uh, we were sort of uh, blathering off. We'll uh, let's call tomorrow and we'll do it <laughs> then. we do. Uh, let's see, Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio.
in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Richard Bristol, the gatekeepers. Dave Zinn, the webmistress. is Bridget from upstairs. Director of engineering, Brian Jones. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind it down. Be safe. Don, at, I'm sorry, Michael Mara at 7. Like us next. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Yes, Richie. We can all see your nipples. <laughs>